continuous Neil Rogers tweet. 16 Neil Rogers in a row without music, phone call, commercial, or Glen Hill interruption. 94 W-I-N-Z. You've bought his records. You've seen his films. You've even purchased the Dayglow Velvet Memorial paintings at the gas station. As a true Elvis fan, you think you've heard it all. But wait, there's more. Now you can buy secret recordings of Elvis's last telephone conversations. Yes, it's the Elvis tapes. Hello, baby. This is Elvis. Now, I want you to come over right now and make me a big peanut butter and then a sandwich. A peanut butter and a little sandwich with a good man through with the You'll hear Elvis in his most intimate moments. Hello, Peter, man, Peter. Yeah, this is the Elvis. Won't you bring me over a couple large pies? Don't make it three. Don't make it six. Double cheese. Yeah, I'm home. I'm alone. And I'm hungry. Reveal how he really feels about the one true love of his life. I want you back. I want you back. I'm alive, baby. Because on your way back. Could you pick up some donuts, please? Legs and clean donuts. Crawless cheese, Danish too. I love my big honey glazed donuts. Without them, I can't do. The Elvis tapes. I'll give me, give me, give me, give me more donuts. Available now in drugstores everywhere. All of these. <laughs> okay, 10.09 at WYNZ. We hope you're just uh, having a marvelous life out there in spite of the fact that we're all kind of mired here together in this vast wasteland, this um, gigantic mung of mediocrity. Do you have that page that I was missing there so we can tell everybody how badly TalkNet... Can you believe TalkNet came in number one at night? Oh, boy. That kind of takes the luster off of the whole book, doesn't it? <laughs> it says something about the market. No, seriously, they had a 7.5 share on TalkNet, and what did old Jer have there? Oh, holy Toledo, a 4.7. Well, I guess a lot of those old uh, rednecks are dying off now, huh? Either that or they're getting blown away with their own 357 Magnums, one or the other, but uh, things are not good. In Redneckville. Well, you know, you, uh, listen, you know, like Jack LaSchooley, may he rest in peace, he kept chain-smoking those cigarettes. And uh, these guys that keep eating those pickled eggs and sausages, I'm telling you, they never make it past 50. Trust me when I tell you. So anyway, we have uh, quite a show here today. Believe me when I tell you, we have quite a show. We've got all kinds of great stuff that hasn't even been invented yet. And I made the horrible mistake of taking Stan Major to dinner last night at Bennigan's up in Sunrise. And, boy, Bennigan's is kind of like a sit-down Broward Mall. I mean, it's just uh, amazing. And he was oogling and ogling and foaming at the mouth. And uh, he embarrassed me so badly, I can't begin to tell you. He called our waiter over. He called this young guy over. And he said to him, he said, uh, that waitress in the red dress, the brunette. I'm, I'm not making this up. This is a true story. He said, is she engaged? And this poor kid looked at him like, you know, did they just let you out on work release or something? I mean, is this for... And the kid said, well, I can find out. And uh, I looked at Stan with a look that could kill. And I guess that finally uh, broke him. You know, he said, no, that's okay. That's all right. I shamed him out of it. Well, no, this was after dinner already. He, Kyle's writing he would have walked out and left him there. Well, he, w he was driving. That was the only problem. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's not really that far away. I would have walked home. 
but uh, he was serious. He was really serious. He thought this kid was going to go over and find out if this waitress was engaged. Why do you have the coloring book in here this morning? Is there some special reason for it? And then, of course, uh, we had a stop at Winn-Dixie, but it was a very brief pit stop because Stan had to get home in time to watch the Miss Teenage America pageant last night. I must confess that when I went home, I watched the uh, Braves-Mets game, and then I watched the end of the Yankees game with great delight, watching them lose in the uh, ninth inning. Oh, here's Mary Hart. Her legs are insured to $2 million by Lloyd's of London. Isn't that great? <laughs> She has a leg up on the competition. Isn't that cute? Mm-mm. All America is talking about Mary Hart's legs. I didn't even know Mary Hart had any legs because she never gets out of that chair. She sits there like a Barbie doll. And the only thing that moves are her lips. That's incredible. Get that out of here, would you please? Well, thank you so much for bringing me in page two. And we can find out where did W snooze. So they were right down there near the bottom of page two. They came in the number nine in the market over at W, w lose number nine. And of course, in the uh, evening from seven to midnight, they were number six with a 4.7 share. I mean, Talknet just blew them out of the water. And of course, we all know how exciting Talknet is, right? So um, you know, based on that, that should tell you a lot right there. And in case you missed yesterday, and Stan, of course, went overboard, and he just uh, got carried away, but it makes for an easy show, you know, uh, tinkling all over about my nine share and the great ratings on this show. And that was nice of him. You know, he had the best of intentions, but uh, it was an easy way to kill a show. And he did. Make no mistake about it, boy. He just buried it. But he's doing it in the afternoon now. We're not sure we know what he's doing, but he is doing it, and the audience, it's true. Well, yeah, he is trolling. That's uh, no question about that. And maybe one of these days... When he least expects it, as Lou Christie would say, lightning will strike. Why do I feel like the hunchback of Notre Dame? You know why it is? Because this mic, this mic boom of his, I've discovered that it, it, it just kind of like falls. Do you notice that? And you have to kind of like hover. You almost have to do the show on your hands and knees. No smart comments now from the audience, okay? Don't get wise this early in the morning. I, I almost feel just like playing a whole, whole bunch of good stuff here or dropping a bunch of good stuff on the floor. Serious. We like to share good stuff as a reward to the audience. Also, by the way, before we play anything else, what did I do with Linda Thornton's column? Is this it? Yeah. She mentioned something about one of our favorites, about Ricky Ticky. Where is it? Oh, yeah, the last thing. She says, if Rick Shaw knocks on your door this morning, you'll know you've won a new Nissan auto, 10000 in cash, trips for two, on the waxy ski vacation and cruise. The winner will be picked in a drawing on Waxy's morning show, and Shaw will deliver the good tidings in person. And when he knocks on your door, he will say, It's a lie. I am not a Nazi. Can't you just see him walking around from house to house, knocking on doors with that silly blue cap? Oh, did you hear what he just said? Don't open his mic today. He said goose-stepping. Goose-stepping. What a disgusting. I think you owe a formal apology right now. I think probably the uh, station attorneys will be coming in here with a letter, and you'll have to offer a formal apology to Mr. Shaw. In Iran, they used to just call him the Shaw, but on Waxy, we call him Mr. Shaw. 
Now, I'm serious. He's going to be so upset about that. He's not convinced that the appearance with Linda Thornton, uh, you know, cleared his image. So he's running around door to door, all over town, knocking on doors. And when you open the door and you see the guy there standing there with that can, what is that stuff that he pedals to uh, shine to shine your car with? I don't know what the name of that stuff, but he's going to be standing there with a can of that in one hand, his cap on his head, covering up his gigantic bald spot from the front of his forehead to the back of his neck, saying, It's a lie. I am not a Nazi. All over South Florida. Boy, you're in rare form today. We don't have to open his mic. They can hear him in uh, Ogis. I'm serious. And by the way, I must confess, rarely does this show cause me sleepless nights. Used to, because I used to take it seriously. Now it's a big joke. But uh, last night, I, well, it wasn't from the show, just from the issue. I was so agitated for some reason about this damn Metro Commission and this miserable, lying creep, George Valdez. And I was doing a show in my head. I was lying there in bed trying to sleep, and I was doing a show in my head, seriously. And I just couldn't stop. And I thought, what are you doing this for? Nobody's hearing you. And I couldn't handle it. And I'm going to go nuts about that today. I know it's going to be two days in a row that we're going to get a little on the serious side, but I can't handle it. I mean, these douchebags. And isn't it, you know, here they're all bellyaching about the bad publicity. They have to have somebody to blame, right? They have to have somebody to blame. So they blame the New York Times. And they're all screaming bloody murder about how they're damaging our image and about how great things are now. We've turned the corner. Everything's wonderful. Everybody's getting along well, as if we're supposed to believe that. And now they're going to put this on the ballot again. And I hope that in September, when they have that public hearing, that they just jam the chambers and they let any of these commissioners know that if they vote, because they have to have one more vote on a second reading, if they vote to have that referendum, that we'll have a recall for every one of the commissioners who votes for it. And I'll be more than happy to lead that recall drive on this show. We'll even, we'll even take so – we'll bring out well, – what's his name from the mothballs with his suit? George Schulte. He's got the petitions all printed up already, right? He's tried 85 times to recall them. Well, this time we'll even join him. I mean anybody. I don't care who it takes. And to get these creeps out of office here, man, talk about divisive. Even the people from a salad of all, of all organizations – have said this community cannot afford any more problems or any more divisions, any more polarization. How do you like that? From Os Osvaldo Soto, chairman of Salad, proving that you can have your salad and eat it too. I mean, what a bunch of spineless, disgusting, vulgar cowards, these nine Metro commissioners. Shall we name them? Shall I go down the list from memory? You notice there are no notes. Nine. Mayor, well, nine is a familiar number on this show. <laughs> Mayor Steve Spineless, pardon me for being a douchebag Clark. Okay, that's number one. Number two, Harvey Reuven, who can't find his dog. Number three, Barry, pardon me for being a Neanderthal, disgusting, pandering, idiot Schreiber. That's number three, right? Then we have Clara Osterley, one of the godmothers of the Metro Rail. She's number four. Beverly Phillips, something out of Animal Farm. She's number five. George Valdez, no speaking of English. He's number six. Uh, who am I leaving out? Barbara Carey, number seven. Yeah, you know, all the protesters are racist. I heard that. I heard Valdez in his broken Spanish. Now, wait a minute. Barbara Carey's number seven, right? Are we up to seven? Jim Redford is number eight, another Neanderthal. And Sherman, I saved him for last win. Sherman lose. 
who seconded, you know, this motion the other day. And, of course, isn't it interesting that Valdez originally was against the referendum, but if this is the best he can get and the only way he can reopen all the sores again and pander to the Cuban voters in Dade County, then that's what he'll do. A bunch of douchebags down there at the Metro Commission. Boy, I'll tell you, I had, uh, my head was pounding. I was lying there in bed just like half awake, and my head was pounding because we've been through this so many times before with these, with these assholes. That's what they are. Will the real chief asshole in Dade County please stand up? Now, when we say chief, of course, that could mean like, as in police chief, like Clarence Dixon. And there can be no question that Clarence Dixon is an asshole. There's no doubt about that. Am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> Cowboy Dixon. Cowboy Dixon. He'd be a good chief, Cowboy Dixon. He'd be a good boy. The Emmy Schaefer. I'm ready to go back with Emmy Schaefer again. I'll tell you, that's how desperate I am. Terry Robbins? Oh, yes, you're wrong. I'm telling you. That's how hysterical I am. I don't give a damn who it takes to get these assholes out of office in Dade County, because that's what they are. They're disgusting. They're a disgrace. Can't you just see? I mean, it's not bad. The New York Times, at least, you know, it was here. There was nothing new. It's, if they would have just left it alone, it's no big deal. That'll, that'll fade. That'll pass away in no time. But if they bring up this thing again and we have it on a ballot in March, this is only the middle of July. And they're going to have the hearing in September. That means months and months. Even Helene Starr. Well, no, not Helene Starr. We don't want her. We're not that desperate. Do you realize how much the national media will be here? The cameras will be rolling. People will be screaming and yelling about, you know, what language we should speak. Is it debatable? I mean, do we have to? Just because Mr. Valdez can't speak English, does that mean that there's a debate on what the language of the country is? And then, of course, the English-only movement will really take off and it'll get going. And this state is just going to be like uh, hysteria. Thanks to these gutless cowards who didn't have the courage just to say to Valdez... Go away, Jose. You know, get lost. Exactly. The English Herald is now a supplement to El Herald. In fact, pretty soon, those of you in Dade County are going to be getting El Herald on the outside, and if you leaf through it, way in the inside, there will be a little tiny English supplement, the Miami Herald in English. Exactly. One little tiny section. Buenos dias, amigos. That's going to be the Herald. And, of course, are they busy pandering? There was something in there again today you, that you showed me. You know, we don't... And, of course, we have this shortage of people who can speak Spanish in Dade County. That's what we're all concerned about, right? Oh, yeah, we have a tremendous shortage of people who can't speak Espanol. Oh, boy. Whew. I'm telling you, I'm just going nuts from the whole thing. So I'm just going to play a lot of stuff here today. I mean, you see how desperate we are already? That's desperation. Are you coming to Scarborough Fair? The music of the 60s. Haunting melodies, timeless lyrics. The music a generation marched to. But now it's music you can break dance to. Are you going to Scarborough Fair? has set the songs of the 60s to the beat of the street. Imagine the music of Judy Collins and the rapping of Curtis Blow. Well, I've looked at life from both sides now, from up and down, and still somehow it's life's illusions. Check it out. That I recall, I really don't know. 
record set, crapping on the 60s. From Tadco, here the fat boys do Dylan. Hey, the tambourine man, play your jam for me. In the deep of the morning, I'll be following you. Check it out. Now that's crapping on the 60s, exclusively from Crapco Records, where we always say, if you'll buy this, you'll buy anything. Check it out. Okay, we sent it out for Chief Dixon this morning. 23 minutes past 10 at WYNZ. Don't you think Chief Dixon ought to have his boon in the box? So he can take away the box and he can break dance on it. Okay, let's take it again. Number one, it sounds very good. 27 past 10 at WYNZ. We have a little something for everybody today. We have the George Valdez doll. When you take it home and squeeze it, it goes... Hasta luego. And uh, we're going to be selling having a special on those a little bit later on. We also have something special for Stan Major today. She's a woman of the 80s. Hello, Dave. Be here at 8, all right? She knows what she wants. Hi, Andy. Meet you at 9.30, okay? And she doesn't care what other people think. Dale, is 10.30 good for you? Great. That's why she wants the fragrance that says exactly what she is. She's a nympho. Ooh. Every man she wants to know. <sighs> Such a nympho. Jacques Saint Laurent, it's Nympho. And whether it's dinner with that special someone or an intimate encounter with the Dallas Cowboys, you'll want to wear the perfume that's as cheap as you are. Cowboys. Oh, hello, Coach Landry. Yep. Could you send over the defensive unit at 2.30? Yes, sir. Oh, great. Yes, it's the fragrance that says I'm easy. Because face it, girl, you are. It's Nympho. Okay, that's for staying, and of course, uh, he'll probably be playing that every five minutes now, right? He'll be alternating that with Madonna and ABBA. And he'll probably give you a little uh, rundown on the Miss Teenage America pageant last night. He was watching it, I understand, very closely. He promised he was going to home, go home and take notes and tape it and uh, freeze frame and slow-mo and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. And I was telling Stan last night that we live in a very sexist society. You know, we have the Miss America and the Miss Universe and the Miss World and the Miss Teenage America... We don't have any comparable male contests. And we do have, like, Mr. Universe or some stupid thing like that. But that's for all those grotesque bodybuilders, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those disgusting, grotesque, revolting, subhuman creatures that look like uh, they just came from Mars or something. But, uh, you know, what can I say? We live in a very sexist society. And if all those diesel dykes and now continue uh, the way it is, men are just going to kind of, like, uh, vanish into oblivion. They're all going to look like George Michael. I do notice, by the way, that in the latest video, George Michael has switched ears with the earring. It's now in his left ear. I want your sex. Where, of course, there are all those scenes with the women, all those suggestive scenes in a video. And, uh, of course, if there's anybody in the audience who believes that, they'll also believe that our FM was number one in the book. But uh, that's another story. No, we don't know. We're not going to attack them today. Come on. Didn't we agree that we're not going to attack them? I mean, there are 33 stations ranked. If I, if I caught all of this, there are 33 radio, 35, I'm sorry, radio stations ranked in the Arbitron ratings. And our FM uh, was not down there in the 30s. They were actually uh, in the teens in some, in some categories, 17, um, 36. Oh, wait a minute, 36? I thought there were only 35. 36? No, can that be possible? 
But that's only in a couple of categories, like time spent listening. So in other words, a lot of people sampled, but uh, quick flick of the wrist. Well, that'll stop, because they're really doing it over there now, and uh, aren't they? Do they? Are we going to turn his mic on? No? Okay. No, that's okay with me. Kyle said no, and that's, uh, that's fine with me. You don't want it on anyway, do you? It's a lot less threatening. You can just make little sounds in the background. But anyway, getting back to these morons in the Metro Commission, um, you know, how can they possibly do this? How can they have the conscience? And, of course, uh, some of them, like Reuven, who's a real jerk, he says uh, his vote should be only read as willingness to schedule the public hearing on September 1st. And, of course, that's right before Labor Day. That's pro I haven't, don't have a calendar here, but that's probably like Labor Day weekend or something. And everybody will be out of town. They always do that kind of crap. And that means that, um, you know, far fewer people are likely to show up than ordinarily would. Although I have a feeling that some of us might do our best to uh, try to pack the Metro Commission chambers on that day and see that we really have a turnout. And in between now and then, I think what we ought to probably do is give out the phone numbers for all these assholes on the Metro Commission and uh, have people just uh, bombard them. I'm serious, bombard them with calls because I'm hysterical about this. You know, I mean, we already had the vote seven years ago, which was for a particular purpose because the Muriel Boatlift was going on, everything was out of hand, the town was in chaos, and there were a lot of people who felt they were just totally losing control of what was going on in this town. And through my audience, as a matter of fact, that whole issue got on the ballot. It passed overwhelmingly in November of 80, uh, about 60 to 40 percent, which is a very, you know, it's a landslide. That's a big margin any election. And the idea that now because the nature of the population is changing, now let's have another election because now maybe we can, you know, overturn that just uh, to stick the language in everybody's throat and polarize the community again. That's just what we need, Mr. Valdez. You idiot, you moron, you jackass, you disgusting subhuman cretin. The only reason he wants it is because he can't speak English. How the hell long has he been here? And he can just, you can just barely make out a few words, barely understand what this cretin says. And he's sitting there on a Metro Commission. Of course, how he got there originally is kind of interesting because he wasn't originally elected to the Metro Commission. He was appointed by Governor Graham, of all people, to fill the vacancy. I think it was when Neil Adams uh, had to resign under duress. I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Wasn't it, Frank, when Neil Adams quit that they put the Jorge on the uh, commission? Whoever it was, it was an appointment by um, our illustrious former governor. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Valdez lied to the people on my show, and he got himself reelected. Now, uh, you know, he figures everybody forgot about that, and we're not going to bring him out of the closet, and he can open this whole thing up again. What is that going to accomplish? And isn't it amazing how everybody in Dade County, if they don't want it to be a bilingual county, is a bigot, but there isn't any other county in the United States, in any state, that's bilingual. So I guess we have the only bigots in America. Either that or everybody else must be a bigot. Like in Los Angeles or San Antonio or El Paso or any place else where they have, you know, large groups of Hispanics or Chinese or whatever the hell it is. Have all those Polish people in Chicago and in Buffalo, do they ever have a referendum as to whether it ought to be bilingual, as to whether Polish ought to be the, you know, co-equal language in Buffalo or Italian in Rochester or Syracuse? Pretty soon we'll have to have some Indian language in Hollywood, you know, by the Seminole Indian Reservation. We'll have to have a referendum in Hollywood to see if we can make smoke signals, you know, equal with the English language. And, of course, if you've talked to some of the people who live in Hollywood, believe me, smoke signals would be the best way to communicate with some of them.
Yeah, how about a trilingual ordinance? Why don't we get Creole? How about that? Let's get Creole on there, too. Yeah, exactly. No, not New Orleans. What is this man? Don't open his mic. He has no idea what he's talking about. Creole. Yeah, all those Haitians in New Orleans, yeah. Boy, this man, I'm going to tell you, is just not well. He is not well at all. He's going into a uh, perpetual cackle in about 20 minutes. It will never stop. They're just going to have him locked in a chair somewhere, and he's just going to be sitting there cackling for the rest of his life. <coughs> hour after hour, day after day, just making that sound. I have to feed him intravenously. Just squeeze out a little one there, so to speak. And I don't even like talking about this subject because I think that it's been beaten into the ground. It's not, it's not a debatable point. The last time we looked, Dade County was, I mean, granted, it was barely hanging on, but it was still on the map in the state of Florida in that phallic symbol that hangs down in an embarrassing fashion from the rest of the USA. And it was still in the United States. English is the language, and enough with this crap already, and enough with embarrassing the community and bringing back all of these old arguments and the fact that these eight commissioners, Beverly wasn't there. She was out having a couple of lunches. But um, <laughs> she was out at Shorty's having 40 pounds of ribs, you know. But the fact that all eight of these Neanderthals sat there and voted, you know, to go ahead and let's put this on a ballot and we'll have our second reading in September and this public hearing. This pubic hearing. Unbelievable. Disgusting. Osvaldo Soto, chairman of Salad, says this community cannot afford any more problems, any more divisions, any more polarization. The referendum idea is a cop-out. It is nothing but political expediency. Now, I'm not sure I know what he means by that, because I think what he would like to do is just have the commission overturn, you know, but I'm not sure. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But at least he's got the guts to say that, which is great. I don't think anybody in their right mind in this town wants to go through this all over again. We can't afford it. And Mr. Pereira and Mr. Odious and all you other jackasses down there who have been whining and screaming and carrying on and blaming the New York Times... Anything that was written in there on Sunday pales into insignificance compared to the shame, the disgrace, the humiliation that you would bring upon this town by having another referendum on this and bringing it all back again. I just can't imagine that we could survive that. So maybe they're trying to answer the question, you know, can Miami save itself? Maybe they're trying to give a quick answer. No way, Jose. Adios. It's like they've taken this gigantic nail and they're just all getting together with a big hammer and they're pounding the last nail in the coffin of Dade County. What a disgrace. What a subhuman act. And uh, sometime during the show, do we have the numbers of all of the uh, Metro commissioners in the news department? We must. Maybe someone, I don't want to mention any names, but maybe someone, Frank, would uh, get those for us and we could give them on the air and the people could begin bombarding their offices and uh, just... Just screaming bloody murder. We don't need this again. Cut the crap. Put it to rest. The people have already spoken. 
you know, the idea that we have to keep having another referendum just because the population changes, I don't give a damn if 70% of the people who live in Dade County are Hispanic. Dade County is still part of America. The language is still English. What the hell difference does it make? I mean, are they going to have a referendum in uh, Inkster in, in Michigan or in Liberty City? And we're going to make black dialect, and, uh, you know, co-equal with the English. Because 95% of the people who live in those areas, you know, are black. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <sighs> Boy. I mean, the fact that I was lying there and I couldn't sleep just thinking about this last night indicates one of several things. One of which might be that I'm losing it. That's possible. But when you live in this town long enough, you do begin to lose it. You begin to just uh, lose your mind because you can't believe that they keep doing these same stupid, divisive, hateful things over and over and over again because they want to pander. Now, isn't Valdez up for re-election again this year? I'm not really sure which of the, uh, because we have those staggered elections. That means the, the uh, politicians stagger all over town. And uh, it's very hard to tell who's running when, you know, but I think that Valdez is up for re-election again this year. And wouldn't it be great to find somebody, anybody, to run against him? Who would be somebody good? Like uh, Tom Fiedler, maybe. He'd be good. No, seriously, we could find somebody, anybody, to run against this creep and get him the hell out of office already. Because this is the last, I mean, right here it's like they've drawn the line in the ground, you know. This is the last gasp. And if they repeal that ordinance and we go back to being officially bilingual, they think that's going to be the end of it? That's just going to be the beginning. I mean, you're going to have hysteria over that. People are going to be uh, at each other's throats. Oh, yeah, we could run Daffy for, audience, for, uh, yeah, for office. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who's got an image of a uh, kind of right-wing uh, bigot. Yeah. Exactly. Very good thinking, Kyle. We're going to be getting those numbers for you any moment. No, we are. Trust me. Any day, those numbers are going to be coming, rolling in to this studio. We're going to pass them along to you. And I want to see the people in this audience of all ages calling those Metro Commission offices and letting them really have it. And letting them know that if they uh, go ahead and vote for this referendum on the 1st of September, that we're going to have recall election for every one of them who votes for it. And unlike the governor's situation, which is it's a shame because the law doesn't give us any provision to recall the governor in this stupid state, but uh, Metro commissioners can be recalled. It's not all that difficult. It's not all that tough, especially with something like this, to go out and get the number of signatures you need on the petitions to get the election. And we'll do it. Because I want to remind some of these commissioners that it was through my program seven years ago that we got the anti-bilingual ordinance on the ballot in the first place through the petition drive. And that was a long time ago when I had an audience that was half the size of this one. And a lot of those people were already the walking dead in that audience. I mean, they weren't even breathing. And we still were able to do it. So you can imagine now. And I know that Stan would go nuts on this thing, too. There's no question about it. And maybe even some of the other hot host in town like, uh, you know, Bill McQuig. <laughs> he doesn't speak English. What does he speak? He speaks uh, 7-Eleven ease. We're still waiting, by the way, for those uh, names and numbers. They're coming in any second, folks. 
Well, while we're waiting, I think we got to do something else for the audience, don't you? I mean, they've been so great. And it's easy for us to sit here and, uh, you know, brag about the numbers and have Stan come on and tinkle all over and do that kind of stuff. Oh, look at that. There's the uh, directory. Okay, while we're waiting, while we're looking them up. The children. Okay, time for bed, Timmy. Why? Because you need your rest. Why? Because if you don't get some sleep, you'll be grumpy in the morning and nobody likes a grump. Why? Because people who are grumpy yell and scream and nobody likes them. Why? Why? The children. You think you're in charge? Mom, where's my breakfast? Mom, where's my clothes? Mom, where's my lunch? children. They're cute. They're small. They're relentless. Mommy, be careful with that milk. <laughs> you keep telling yourself it's only a movie. Mommy, but it's not. Yes, once you experience the children, your life will never be the same. And coming soon... Hey, Dad, can I have, like, the keys to the BMW or what? The Teenagers! <laughs> from Reality Films. What are you doing in the Volvo? From the producers of The Children comes another slice of real-life terror. Reality Films presents The Teenagers. Good night, kids. Remember to keep that stereo low. Okay, Ma. We promise. Teenagers caught somewhere between childhood and adulthood. And the only thing that's certain is get it. they're all hooked. Hey, Mr. Kramer, tell your daughter I'm ready to take her to the slumber party. <laughs> but I thought that was just for girls. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll show you something just for girls. <laughs> when they go through puberty, you go through hell. The Teenagers. For sure. <laughs> now destroying a living room near you. Okay, 1044 at WYNZ. That was a good way to fill the time. We've got all the numbers now for the... Uh, oh, this is exciting. It really is. This is really exciting. Now, I want you to sharpen up your pencils. I want everybody to get a pencil and a piece of paper. And I know that the majority of you won't do it because you're a bunch of lazy takers. You know, you sit back, you won't do it. But, uh, you know, for once in your life, do something constructive. Here's a chance to call these idiots and bitch them out. And really let them know what's on your mind. I'm going to give you nine different phone numbers. you think they can handle that? No, that's a lot. What? What, like give them about two an hour? No, come on, they can handle it. I mean, if they can handle Stan Show, they can handle this. Barry Schreiber. Are you ready? 375-5160. Oh. And you don't have to write down all nine. Just do the ones that uh, you hate the most. George Valdez. Now, this is the one that everybody ought to call, no matter what language you speak. I'm really curious, as, uh, in fact, his aide is two aides. The names are Mabel Cavavid and Daisy Hernandez. Yeah, just a coincidence, I guess. Hasta luego. Right. George Valdez, 375-5115. Barbara Carey, 375, well, Barbara, she uh, kind of be the token, 375-5205.
is her number, 375-5205. Sherman Wynn, another real Neanderthal, 375-5128. Harvey Reuven, mm-mm. We like to talk about the good things that are happening in Dade County, Neil. That's Mr. Reuven, 375-5076. 375-5076. Jim Redford. And you better speak nicely to him because he might shoot you if you don't. 375-5121. 375-5121. For those of you who like to eat a lot, you can call Beverly Phillips. 375-5117. And Clara Osterley. 375 5123. 375 5123. Steve Clark. Let's see. That's um, 375 5305. The Honorable Mayor, the Metro Mayor, Steve, pardon me for being a moron, Clark. 375-5305. So those are the numbers for all nine of those Neanderthals. And I know that we've got a good core of people out there who are up in arms about this and are not going to sit back and let them destroy what little we have left of this town, especially right on the heels of all this other bad publicity and right on the heels of all their hysteria. And they want to reopen all the wounds again. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's, uh, you know, let's pass the buck. Let's put it on the ballot again. Let's put it on the ballot every couple of years so we don't have to deal with this. Should never have been there in the first place. What happened is, back in 1972, the late Mayor Orr and his infinite wisdom in the commission one day just arbitrarily decided wouldn't be a nice way to pander to the Cuban voters to make this county bilingual. We won't ask anybody about it. We'll just do it. And they did it. And so Dade County, for eight years, was the only county in any state in this country that was officially bilingual. That was like saying, well, we're really kind of a foreign country. We're like Switzerland. And the voters said, Adios. In 1980, and that was the end of that. We thought, we hoped, but oh no, let's put it on the ballot again so we can, you know, fight and tear and rip and shred and just destroy the whole community all over again and bring that great focus in on our town again. Get some more real good press, just in time for the tourist season. <sighs> Unbelievable. Okay, let me give the numbers out because I have a feeling that there might be there might just be one or two people in the audience who've got something to say about this. If not, that's okay. Okay, it's 11 before 11 at Wins. We're going to come... Nine minutes before 11. Buenos dias, amigos. And let's uh, start in Hialeah. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. It is not a bilingual county. I'm not saying what you just said. I'll say good morning. <laughs> Neil, I want to first congratulate you on the 9.0 rating. Arbitron rating. I'm sorry I didn't get to call you yesterday, but, but one of the silly reasons that this George Valdez, uh, the city commissioner, uh, city county commissioner, uh, has mentioned as to why it should be, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, put on the ballot is because of hurting people's feelings. Yeah. 
hurting people's feelings. Isn't that great? Like, like it's a really pressing issue. It's on everybody's lips, you know, every day. Oh, we got to repeal that ordinance. Like, it really has some kind of effect on everybody's life in this community. You know, here's Pereira a couple of days ago talking about we don't have enough money in the new budget. we got to make all these cutbacks, and we don't know where the money's going to come from, and we got to cut social services again. we got, you know, all of these gigantic problems, the drug problem, and you name it. We got it in Dade County. But... You know, all we have to worry about is, you know, whether we have the official declaration of being bilingual because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. This man ought to be recalled now, yes, this man. I agree. Now. And He's I an idiot. I remember way back when he was on your show, and uh, I just don't approve of a county commissioner being an outright liar. Absolutely. He said, and you heard it, and a lot of other people heard it, he wouldn't do this, and here he is, he figures everybody's forgotten about that, and now, before the elections, he's going to pander and, you know, do his damnedest to get everybody, uh, you know, on his side, to get all his good Hispanic friends on his side. All right, Neil, thank you very much. Good luck to you. Thank you, Bye-bye. Buenos dias. Coconut Grove, hello. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to have ourselves a real black party in September when the Pope comes down here. Not that I'll be... Uh, yeah. That, but Maybe we can have the Pope meet with George Valdez. Well, they're already on his case because of the fact that, I guess, the Cubans feel like they didn't have an opportunity to, to participate in the coming of the Pope. So that should be really something. The coming of the Pope? <laughs> I don't want to get into that, sir. Um, I think the, the, the major problem with uh, Dave County... Uh, and the reason why it seems like nobody wants to accept responsibility in our government is the fact that they're not accountable. And until and unless there's a, uh, you know, a different form of government, the strong mayor or form of government, uh, you know, unfortunately, it seems as we're going to continue to have these problems. Yeah, but where are you going to find such a person? Who are you going to have as strong mayor? Steve Clark? I mean, he's about as strong as a cup of weak tea. I think we're going to have to go outside the county and do some recruiting. Yeah, we'll have to bring Ed Koch down here. They're not too happy with him up in New York now. We'll bring him down here. Okay, yeah. Okay. At least he's got a sense of humor. The only thing, we would want him to leave Bess Meyerson in New York, though. We would require him to do that. And I'm sure he'd be delighted to do it. Fort Lauderdale, hello. Good morning, Neil. Hi. First, I'd like to congratulate you on your ratings. They're Thank fantastic. You. Thanks. And it uh, just goes to show what a fantastic show you do have. Exactly. When you got a sick mind, man, it draws uh, audience like a magnet. That's right. And, you know, I'm a little sick, too, so that's why I listen. Right. But anyway, I got uh, a little bit of for you anyway you were right about uh, ricky shaw this morning because it turned out that my sister-in-law is the one that won that are you serious serious and you know what he said when he came to her door it's a lie i am not a nazi well when he came to her door he found a note on the door saying i'm not home i'm at work so she actually made him travel all the way across town to where she works good hats off to her boy she deserved to be the winner not only that but uh, she works at uh pubix up there at pubix yeah yeah and uh, he walked in, and he uh, talked to the manager and told him, and it turned out she was working in the back of the store that day, so they had to go all the way to the back of the store to get to her. And one of the ways, one of the very easy and inexpensive, underlined in red, ways of doing that is doing what Neil is doing. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted you to know about that. <laughs> okay. That, uh, she did literally make him run all over town. Well, our hat's off to her. Give her our best. I sure will. Thank you. Good luck. Okay. Sunrise, how you doing? Yes, good morning, Neil. Congratulations. Hi. Thank you. Uh, did you see the uh, page 8 in the E section of the Sun Sentinel about the uh, Arbitron? Oh, that was in the Sun Sentinel today? Yes, and uh, they have you as number 2 with a 6.3. That's the, that's the whole station, yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, and uh, behind life. Yeah. But they said you moved up 
uh, second place, and even Glenn got in the article. Really? It says, WINZ's program direct director attributed his station's jump to improvements in other areas besides, quote, the Neil Rogers show. So I, <laughs> I think that's a stab in the back. Wait, wait a minute. You want to run, read that again? Glenn Hill, WINZ's program director, attributed his station's jump to improvement <laughs> other areas besides the Neil Rogers show. But right. at least you are italicized. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> well, I'm going to look for that because I, uh, you know, I lost that article in the middle of all the advertising in my Sun Sentinel. You know that 400-page advertising supplement well, that's I get in this it morning's every morning paper. To, uh, when it rains, it's about 50 yeah. pounds, like you say. Exactly. Well, our painting program director on uh, the Vulture's forehead right now, so I think you've just promoted him. He's delighted. Oh, okay. Thank you. How do you like that? <coughs> Goes to show you, you cackle long enough and loud enough, pretty soon you're going to get rewarded for it. And there's no question about it that that cackle out of that nine share has to take at least, um, you know, a tenth or two-tenths of a point. And there's some stations in this market that would have loved that tenth or two-tenths of a point. Jerry Lawrence wants to talk to the program director here. I'm sure he does. Wants to reassign him to another department. Okay, we are going to pause. When we come back, we'll pick up. We are going to get to a lot of calls, and I'm serious about that, because, and we're going to give those numbers out every half hour. I'm serious. We're going to give those numbers over and over again, and if you folks don't get on the stick and don't let stop this before it happens... You've got about six weeks before the 1st of September in that public hearing to get the message across and say, no way, Jose. That's the message. No way, Jorge. And especially you want to call Valdez. What's his number again in English or Spanish? What is that number? Can I find it before we have to break? Boy, this is pressure. Wait a minute, Mike. Don't panic now. Don't panic. Here it is. That's not it. That's accounts receivable. Okay, if you want to call accounts receivable... Okay, Mike Wolf has got the headlines, world news from CBS at 11 o'clock, and we'll come back with those and other important numbers at 11.06. On shooters. The, the, the faces that you saw this morning, you are going to see those faces throughout the entire process. And there's no question about that. Those people that show up this morning here are, in my opinion, racist. We have a song and a question, a musical question for Commissioner Valdez. This is more appropriate for this man than for anyone else in South Florida. Were you born an asshole? Or did you work it your whole life? Either way it worked out fine. Cause you're an asshole tonight. Yes, you're an A-S-S-H-O-L-E. And don't you try to blame it on me.
Ten minutes past 11 at WYNZ, and Jorge, that's for you, baby. You idiot. You jackass. You fool. But he's not alone. He's got eight compadres over there at Metro who have got all the political courage necessary to keep this community an absolute cesspool. And have given their own way. That's exactly what they're going to do. Now, get your pencils and pens ready, because I'm going to give you those numbers again. Okay? I'm going to give them quickly, because I can't take, you know, five minutes out of every half hour. Mayor Steve Clark's office, 375-5305. Barry Douchebag Schreiber's middle initial is D, so I'm sure that's what it stands for. Barry Schreiber, 375-5160. Jorge Valdez, 375-5115. Tres Siete Cinco, Cinco Uno Uno Cinco. Barbara Carey, 375-5205. Sherman Wynn. Sherman S. Wynn, as in Schmendrick, 375-5128. Harvey Reuven, 375-5076. Jim Redford, 375-5121. Beverly Phillips, 37, she probably had lunch already, 375-5117. And Clara Osterley, the grandmother of the Metro Rail, 375-5123. And I want you people, not only you, to make those calls and say no way, Jose, on this referendum and to cut the crap already with dividing and conquering and pandering in this community. But I want you to call everybody you know. Get to that phone book and start with 5-8 towing and call everybody you know and pass along those numbers. And let's really let these people know in no uncertain terms. We're not going to let them uh, put the last nails in our coffin. Enough is enough already. North Miami, hello. Yes, Neil. Hi. If the people ignore the luxury that the commissioners give themselves with private phones in their car... Yeah. And um, we're paying for it, and nobody gives a damn. It comes up on television, and everyone sits back apparently and don't even listen. What can we really do here? What we can do, let me tell you something. The one issue, even more than drugs, more than crime, more than anything else, and you can go to the bank on this, the one issue that infuriates the people in this community is bilingualism. All they have to do is hear the word, and about 90% of the people go off the deep end. Can I say something? Well, you know what they really do? They move out of this town, and that's the sad part. Well, isn't it about time that that stopped? That's right, and the American people don't vote. Who put him in there? Yeah. Who put him in? Who goes to vote? When you say, did you vote today? Oh, I forgot all about it. Mm -hmm. Why is it the foreigners will vote? I vote. I 
accept that as a privilege. And yet, if you took it away from these people, they'd be fighting and crying and shouting. They do not vote. And the only ones that go out to vote, really, are the Cubans. And that's one thing we... I had read, I think somewhere, I heard it on the radio, that we should uh, charge them. If they don't vote, we should put a tax or charge them for not voting. And I think that's very important. Something has to be done. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate hearing from you. Miami, hello. Yes, I just wanted to say, when you're playing your song for Mr. Valdez, why don't you add the Governor Martinez, because I think he's just as big a one. Yeah, well, of course, he's uh, in Tallahassee. We're sticking to Dade County, but if we were to bring Martinez down here, it would be a really tough battle. I think that what we uh, need to do is also uh, start a recall for him. I'd be the very... There is no recall. Ma'am, try to calm yourself, okay? There is no recall for the Governor. There's no provision in Florida law to recall the governor. I'd be more than I'd be delighted. I'd be the first one to lead that campaign if we had a way to do it, but it just isn't possible. Well, there should be. Well, I, I agree with you. But there's not. Everything that he said yeah. he was not going to do in his campaign. I couldn't agree with you more. And just keep in mind that one of the folks who helped to give us one of the prime forces who helped to promote Martinez was the Herald. So if you're mad as hell and you're tired of taking it, one of the other things you can do today is just say no to the Herald. Say hasta luego to the Herald. And I don't have those numbers in front of me anymore, but, um, you know, we'll get those too. I'll find that yellow sheet somewhere. What are you laughing about? I'm serious. We can get a good thousand cancellations to the Herald today alone. Really stick it to them. And one of these days, by the end of the year, I'm serious, it will be El Herald with a little tiny, thin English language supplement way in the back, and the rest will all be in Espanol. We can have, uh, George Valdez can have his own private newspaper at his house every day, because the rest of the Cubans won't read the Herald anyway, so that'll be it. They'll be the only paper in America with a circulation of one. Fort Lauderdale, hello. Hi. Hi. Neil, I'm just as concerned about the bilingualism as you are for one reason. Even though I don't live in Dade, if it should be successful, their legislative delegation could take it to the state and try to have this uh, pass statewide. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd like I to tell you a story. This is a true fact. After World War II, a lot of Polish refugees came into Chicago. And Chicago at that time had the second largest Polish population outside of Warsaw. These people, a lot of them were professional people could not take their professional licenses in Polish. They could not get a driver's license. You had to read, write, and speak English. Of course. And they did not, they they were happy to learn English. They were so happy that this country brought, let them come in. They were so appreciative and so proud to be in this country that they were more than willing to learn English. And if they could do it, why can't these Cubans and South Americans? And isn't it interesting that Valdez talks about people's feelings being hurt? Isn't it amazing that every county in every other state, in virtually any county, you know, in a community of any size, has got people who are from any country in the world you can think of, right? Right, And, right. and, th- and those people's feelings aren't hurt. There isn't any other county that's declared itself officially bilingual in the whole United States, in all 50 states. Why is it that in, only in Dade County do we have people so sensitive that their feelings are hurt if we don't want to be officially bilingual? Doesn't that make a a lot of sense. Yeah, a lot of nonsense. Yeah. And if they, if it is allowed, I'm afraid we'll no longer be the United States of America. We'll be United States of South America. Yeah. And it really it frightens me because this could spread. Well, I hope that everybody, uh, not just people who live in Dade County, but people who are really upset about this, will call those numbers and give these people holy hell. Because if they put us through all of this all over, you know, what I'd like to know 
is what's going on that requires this. One man and one man only has decided for his own political purposes that he's going to rekindle all of this all over again. And evidently the commission feels, well, you know, he's important enough. We don't want to, you know, t take any decision on this because Valdez wants uh, to bring it up all over again. We're going to put it on the ballot. Well, now, I what, think it's a shame. What other possible reason could there be to reopen all of these old wounds again? It, there isn't really, and it's a shame that it's happening, and I hate to see that happen, really, because uh, I understand there is a, uh, some congressman is trying to get a federal law. Yeah. Yes, that would say this is English only. Well, see, that's what's that's what's going to happen if this thing does get on the referendum, and if we go through all this big divisive thing, and if God forbid the referendum should lose, and you know we should repeal the anti-bilingual ordinance, then what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to jump on the English only bandwagon in, at the state level, and then of course the federal thing. Right. So this has implications not just for Dade County, but for the state and for the whole country if we have to put this thing uh, you know on a ballot and open up all the old sores again. Right, and I wish people would realize that because some people have the idea, well, I don't live in Dade County, so why should I not? Why should I worry about it? And they should, because it can spread so easily. You bet, like a disease. Right. Okay. Thank you very much, and congratulations on your rating. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Eleven eighteen at WYNZ as we are desperately, uh, you know, desperately searching for Susan. We're desperately searching for America here in South Florida. Do we have any Americans out there? I mean, North Americans, of course. Let's go to Miami. Hello. Hi, Neil. Uh, Hi. I want you to know that that song you played could not be more appropriate. Yeah. I went through this with you in 80. They wrote it about him, you know. They wrote that song about Jorge Valdez. Right, and, and that's just the point I was going to make. I can remember him saying, uh, oh, no, I don't want to be called Jorge. Yeah. got to be George. Now, the quick uh, turnabout, right? Here we go again. Yeah, how about just Jorge? <laughs> Hor Valdez, because that's what he's doing. He's whoring himself to the voters with this thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I the Cuban voters. seven of the offices. Naturally, you only get the secretaries, and you're right, Beverly Phillips must be out for lunch. Yeah. You couldn't talk to her. I did well, she eats about, you know, seven, eight hours a day. <laughs> I did tell each one of the secretaries that I'm already going to start a petition. I have, and this is the truth, I have taken two people at least down to Executive Bank, right here in Kendall Drive. You can uh, sign up there to become a voter because this whole thing is bothering me so much. And I said that we would be there en masse at the hearing because we are so much against this. So at least I tried a little, and if you need a volunteer for anything, okay, you got one. Great. Thanks a lot. Okay. By the way, speaking of Beverly Phillips, I wonder what her comments were about this, even though she wasn't at the meeting yesterday. Okay, 20 minutes past 11 at WYNZ. We are going to come back in just a second. You want me to read that on the air? We have uh, something very important from The Wave. That exciting new publication of The Wave. This is in the classified section this month under health services. And I'm, am I making this up or am I reading it? Okay, we have a witness. I'm reading it right from The Wave. It says, health services gerbling the perversion. Help stop it. Call 1-800-8-SAVE-EM. <laughs> you know, it might be kind of exciting to... Uh, by the way, we've lost a couple of people on the phone. I see we have an open line in each county. In Dade, 624-9400. In Broward, 524 9400. Let's see. 1 800 8 Save them. S A V E E M. 
Okay, this ought to be real good. Maybe we'll put it on the ear if it's, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to put it on the ear right away. Just a little nervous. It's ringing. There's such a number. Gerbling. Ringing a second time. A third time. They almost be in the cage, huh? A fourth time. No, nobody home. They're all busy now, yeah. I was going to say they're out, but I guess this means they're in. Okay, let's take our first break this hour. We'll come right back. But right, You know, it takes all kinds of people to make America what it is today. It takes doctors. Hello. And lawyers. Hi there. Accountants. 27. And librarians. But it also takes much more than that. It also takes America's morons. Use your signal, you idiot! <laughs> Good morning! You know us. Why, we're all around you. We're taking 200 items through the express lane of the supermarket. Wait, let me get my other card over here. <laughs> we're sitting behind you in the movie theater wrapping our Christmas gifts. <laughs> yip the boo, yip the boo. <laughs> and we're holding up your bank line while we try to cash a check from the Bank of Venus. Hey, pal, could you hurry it up? How are you? We're the Association of Ignorant Americans, and we're always looking for new members. So if you hate any minority, don't read much, and just love to litter, then have a friend dial the phone for you and give us a call. Just dial area code 632-626-6766 or me, I'm a moron. <laughs> Hi, I'm a moron. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. Oh, was you sleeping? <laughs> America's morons. We're taking years off your life. 1126 at WINZ. We dedicate that to the Metro Commission, of course. And isn't it interesting that the Beacon Council and the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce and all these other do-goody organizations that are always so paranoid about what happens from outside, you know, like the New York Times article, why aren't they up in arms about this? Why aren't they screaming bloody murder? Because if they're too stupid to see the implications, if we have another one of these uh, bilingual elections in Dade County, then uh, they really need serious help. They need Bill Casey's doctor to do some wholesale lobotomies here. Miramar, hello. Hello. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I got rid of the Herald three months ago. Good for you. I got the Sun Sentinel. And by the way, congratulations on your rating. Thank you. And if you get that part of the paper, it has an... Uh, an article about you and uh, uh, Hill. Oh, I have it right here. Yeah, they oh, have. Please. They have most of the information wrong, but that's uh, you know that's the Sun Sentinel. You know, if they go out and buy a radio, it would be a good start, but they can't afford one yet. Um, but doesn't get don't have enough parts to it. Uh, that's why I enjoy the Sentinel. Uh, by the way, Neil, while you were on vacation, I sent them a cassette for my favorite song, that I ninety five song. Yeah. And uh, two weeks later, I never got anything back, and I called Stan, and he said to send in another cassette. But I'm on Social Security, and I couldn't afford all that. And I still didn't get it back like, you know, it was returned to me. And that, that's since you've been uh, away on vacation. Oh, Tweety Bird says it went out today. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah, they've been sitting around for a long time because I was oh, on vacation. good. I thought maybe it got lost in the mail. No, you, you should get it soon. I hope so. Thank you so much, Neil. Okay. I enjoy your show, naturally. Thank you. 27 after 11 at WYNC, an open line in Broward at 524 9400. Isn't it peaceful that he's just uh, gurgling way in the background today? We're not going to open his mic. Miami Beach, hello. Hello, Neil. I'd like to uh, let you know what Southern Bell has done. Uh, they seem to have gone George Valdez one better. I came back here for three months vacation. I pay a bill at the Southern, I guess the uh, South Beach office, 
and they were closed up. They had a three-by-six-foot sign on the door in Spanish, no English. So I parked and got out and went over and found a eight-and-a-half-by-eleven-inch paper in English saying, don't come here anymore, go to Sears. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they've already gone to total Spanish. Um, I guess... Adios. Adios. Yeah. Could I make a comment about the Herald? Go ahead, please. Um, about five or six years ago, they were endorsing the setback policy on the bay. And then they came out about a year later and built their new addition right on the bay. Mm-hmm. Said, well, we have to because it's uh, contiguous with our property. It makes it look good. So we have to be the exception. I just thought I'd let you know about a few of your favorite people out there. Okay, thank you. Welcome. 1129 at WYNZ. There's an open line in Dade. 6-2... Would you try to control yourself, please? I'm telling you, you're going to go into that uh, continuous cackle, and you're never going to get out of it. We're going to have to call a paramedics. Uh, 624-9400 is the number. And Dave, we'll go to Princeton. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, you were looking for an American, and you were looking, you were talking about people whose feelings are hurt. Yeah. I'm a North American, third or fourth generation born in this country. I had the advantage of growing up in Latin America graduated from college in Latin America. I, but my feelings are hurt. I have always in the past been very much in support of the Latin community. But last week I realized that there is, there's an ad that has just recently come out being aired on Spanish radio. There's not an English translation for a new beer that's being produced in, in Dade County. And the ad is very interesting. It's very well done. The fellow compares the, the food that they used to eat in Latin America. The chicken tastes better in Latin America. The tomatoes taste better in Latin America. And uh, when they were in Cuba, they used to eat garlic bread and, and so on. They couldn't go out in the street because of how strong the garlic was in Cuba. But in, in American garlic is not strong. And then they go on and they mention American beer. And the punchline to the ad is... An American beer, like everything else, it doesn't taste like anything. Oh, terrific. And I, well, it's not macho enough, say. No, like everything, excuse me, like everything else American, it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. And uh, this is the first time in my life I've ever called a radio station, but I'm so incensed by this that I feel that uh, I've called the company. Yeah. The company that manufactures the beer, and it turns out that the general manager of the company is, is an American that doesn't speak Spanish. Terrific. And doesn't realize that that's the kind of advertising that's being that's being publicized. Yeah. And I just I just feel that there's enough anti-Latin uh, sentiment in Dade County as it is without aggravations from this. You know, all of a sudden it's always the Latin. Their feelings are hurt. They're 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 being discriminated discriminated against. You know, I just feel that it's time we said something. Okay, I appreciate it. Uh, Metro Commissioner Harvey Rubin, it says. Hello. Yeah, Neil Harvey Rubin here. How are you, Harvey? Number one, uh, I want to congratulate you on uh, on the successful way that you managed to flood the uh, the telephone uh, lines of the county commission. Good. My poor secretary's got a lot of work to do today, and, and she's answering a lot of calls. I just wanted you to know that my personal uh, position on this issue is I am not in favor of the repeal. And Frank... Well, no, but well, Harvey, let's slow down a bit, okay? Because, well, I just want you to know my position. Okay, but let's slow down. Okay. I would like to understand why it is that I, I don't see any great drive. In fact, Salad is against this. Everybody in the community is against it. The only one who seems to be in favor of it, and evidently for 
political pandering purposes is Commissioner Valdez. Now, why is it that the rest of you, the other eight of the commission, couldn't just say to Mr. Valdez, as you should have said, and as you did say the previous week, why didn't you just say, we don't need to reopen this all, uh, again. The public has spoken. It's on the record. Why don't we just leave it alone? We've already had the bad publicity in the New York Times. We're trying to get our act together, trying to bring the community together. Let's give it a rest. Why didn't you say that instead of saying, oh, yeah, let's, let, let's uh, you know, vote for a referendum and put it back to the people again? How many times do we need to reopen the sores, Harvey? Right, let me Allow me to, to finish what I was saying. Sure. First of all, uh, I have said that to him, and my vote uh, on yesterday's agenda was made very clear at the time that I will not support the commission taking its action by putting it on the ballot. Uh, the ordinance that's on the books now was put there as a result of an initiatory petition drive where people went out and got 137,000 signatures. If that law is to be expunged or to be repealed, then I believe that the democratic process requires that it be done in the same way. So a referendum can, can be put on the ballot one of two ways, either by direct commission action or through an initiatory process. The initiatory process frankly, in this case, I think is the only appropriate way, and I will not support putting it on the ballot by action of the commission. I frankly hope it doesn't get on the ballot because I see a community uh, debate that would, in fact, be very divisive and very negative and, and probably defeat some of the goals that, uh, that those that are favoring the repeal uh, want to accomplish. So I just wanted uh, your listeners and, and you, Neil, to know what my position is because it was put in the paper simply as a unanimous vote to put it on the ballot. The issue will come up on September 1st. There will be a public hearing at that time, and for the first time, a resolution will be put to the commission to place it on the ballot. It's my hope that that can be defeated, and that if there are persons in the community that wish to see this re repealed, then that they take an initiatory petition and go through the democratic process to obtain enough uh, signatures to be requisite for a, uh, the commission then would just merely be a rubber stamp of putting it on the ballot as a result of signatures. Yeah, I also want you to know... That's the only way that I would support it going on the ballot. Yeah, I also want you to know, Harvey, that uh, George Valdez appeared on my show about four, five years ago and pledged on the air that he would not attempt to repeal the anti-bilingual ordinance, that he wouldn't open up the wounds again, that he understood that it was counterproductive, that it was divisive. He promised the electorate that he would not bring this up again. And for the life of me, with all the other problems we've got, with the budget problems, with the crime and the drug problems, with the image problem of the New York Times article, and all the other problems, legitimate problems we have in Dade County, how a member of the Metro Commission, Mr. Valdez or anyone else, can, can think that this is the time to bring up such a divisive thing again and, and reopen all the old wounds is scandalous. It's scandalous. I do believe that he is sincere and that he very deeply feels that this, that this law in the books has a negative influence in the relationship between the various ethnic groups. I don't agree, and you don't agree, and there are many out there that don't agree, but I think uh, that it should be made clear that he is sincere, that he is trying in his mind to do something that he thinks is good for the overall community. And I think the place to resolve that is at the public hearing, and 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 uh, everybody uh, puts their view forth. And I think that there's a healthy discussion going on. I just wish, frankly, that uh, that we we would be talking about other things, uh, like the budget, like our transportation needs, like all the other problems of pollution, et cetera, that we have. And my concern is that this would sort of distract and and put the focus off of those issues, but. 
believe me, he is sincere, and I, I think that he is in his... Well, well, if he's sincere, then it doesn't speak very well for his ability to be a member of the Metropolitan Dade County government, because, uh, you know, there, as you know, there is no other county in any other state in this country that is officially bilingual, and yet the ethnic groups in those other counties and all those other states seem to manage somehow to coexist, and probably in most cases in better harmony than we do here in Dade County. So the idea that we need some official declaration of bilingualism in order to pacify people's feelings or not to hurt their feelings is ludicrous, and Mr. Valdez ought to be made aware of that. Well... I'm sure that that view is being expressed to him by your listeners and other people, and uh, uh, he he is probably getting a, uh, the opposite view from other people, and uh, he's getting he's ha he's having to make up his own mind as each of us have to do. But I want you to know uh, that as far as Harvey Rubin is concerned, this issue does not belong on a on the uh, on a ballot unless uh, people come with the required type of uh, petition and get the signatures that the law prescribes, and at that point it's automatically on the ballot. But I will not support putting it on the ballot purely by the action of the commission because I think it would be a negative and divisive debate that really doesn't accomplish anything because I think even with this law in the books right now, there really isn't any problem, uh, and it doesn't need to be repealed. But uh, there, are, there are obviously people that have a different viewpoint, and... Uh, there'll be uh, a whole process played out, and I, I just hope that uh, it doesn't get uh, too incendiary because it can be a very negative thing, as you say. No question about it. Harvey, I appreciate it, and I'm glad that you're on the record with us. Okay. Thank you. Okay, that's uh, Commissioner Harvey Reuven, and we have it right on the logger tape there. So there's at least one vote against uh, the commission putting this uh, on the ballot for a referendum. 23 minutes before noon, and evidently there's some people making some phone calls out there today, right? So it's probably a pretty good idea that we should give those numbers out one more time, right? Exactly. And we don't want to disrupt Metro government because we know that there are a lot of important issues that are going on, like, uh, you know, probably buying a lot of mobile phones for the county manager and a lot of other really important things, maybe some suits that need to be uh, laundered, dry cleaned, huh? So let's give those numbers one more time for all of our illustrious leaders in Dade County. Our mayor, Steve Clark, who's probably buried in a closet somewhere until the next meeting, 375 5305. Unless, of course, there could be a ribbon-cutting ceremony somewhere in town, in which case the mayor will show his face, or whatever part that he shows when he comes out in public. 375-5305. For uh, Barry Schreiber, who, of course, continues to be one of the uh, great enigmas in the history of mankind, or one of the great douchebags, if you will, the number is 375-5160. 375-5160. Uh, Commissioner Valdez, 375-5115, 375-5115. And that's, you know, if there's only one call that any of you make, it should be to the Valdez office. Uh, of course, they may not understand English, but uh, I'm sure you can make yourself understood. 375-5115. Barbara Carey, 375-5205. 375-5205. Sherman Wynn, 375-5128. 375-5128 will eliminate Reuven now because he called in, and if the commissioners want to get their numbers off the air, that's probably can follow his footsteps, right? By 2 o'clock, we can have, you know, several other votes, enough votes to defeat it, you know, if they want to follow Harvey's footsteps. Uh, Jim Redford, 375-5121. Beverly Phillips, who is in the middle of, uh, well, she's eating with Henry VIII, as a matter of fact, right now, having a little lunch. 375-5117. 375-5117. She's eating in the Henry VIII dining room at the Metro Commission Chambers. And Clara Osterley, 
375-5123. Clara, of course, she be one of our favorites. 375-5123, the queen of the Metro Rail. Okay, 20 minutes till noon at WINZ. Let's take our next call in Miramar. Hello. Hello, Neil. Buenos dias. <laughs> Buenos dias. Um, I called because I've had it with the Spanish situation on the books. It's enough to drive you nuts. Enough to drive you nuts. Uh, I'm married to somebody who's Latin. And when they came here from uh, Cuba, they moved to Chicago. So the lady that called about the Polish people prompted me to call. When they moved to Chicago from Cuba, they had no alternative but to learn English. And um, my wife speaks perfect English. I get approached all the time in stores by Spanish people because I look Latin. My wife looks like she's Scandinavian. When her family moved from Chicago to Miami, her mother being an older person and her father being an older person, uh, stopped speaking English. They don't speak any English anymore. They've regressed. And the problem is that the people that come from Latin America, uh, they don't have to speak English down here. If they move to another part of this country, they would have to speak English. But their attitude in general, and I have a lot of friends that are Latin, the attitude in general when you talk to people and you really have a nice conversation, they say, well, we don't have to speak the language. We're not forced to speak the language. We can get along fine without ever speaking any English in this town. And they don't want to learn the language. Yeah, which is an attitude that really is very conducive to uh, winning friends and uh, you know bringing harmony into the community. Well, uh, it, it's, a, it's a bad situation. Um, my family originally came from Italy years ago. They didn't speak any English when they got here. Yeah. And they learned the language, and I don't speak any Italian. I wish I did, but I don't. I don't see anything wrong with learning the language, speaking the language at home. Speaking the language to your friends. Speaking the language when you want to speak the language. Yeah. But don't force it on other people if they don't choose to speak the language. No matter. Well, I, I don't think there's ever been any other time in the history of this country when an, a group has come into the country and used a second language other than English as a weapon. And that's how it is used on a daily basis in parts of South Florida as a weapon, as a divisive uh, method. You're 100% correct. You're, you couldn't be more on target. I work with a gentleman who came from Germany many years ago. And when he came here, he only spoke 10 words of English. The man speaks perfect English, and he also speaks perfect German, but he doesn't speak any Spanish. Yeah. Uh, the other gentleman that called about the beer, that's also interesting. These people, I don't know why, but they're very, very uh, inflammatory to everyone. I happen to think that the beer in this country stinks. We don't know how to make beer. It, it tastes like skunk <laughs> urine. Uh, the best beer in the world comes out of Germany. I happen to like Corona beer, which comes from Mexico, but not the Corona beer that we buy in this country. I like the Corona beer that you get in Mexico, which we cannot get here. It's a stronger beer. But Germany makes the best beer. But yet these people say that down in Latin America, wherever they come from, their beer is the best. It's not the best. German beer is the best, but they don't want to own up to this. Uh, I did call Mayor Clark on your first round of phone calls yeah. to people. Mm -hmm. I was one of the first people to call over there. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot more people should get on the stick and call. Because if we don't do this, we're going to have a problem in Dade County. It's going to drift up into Broward County. And people in Broward think because of that line that there, there's... Oh, listen, it's not going to. It already has. I mean, uh, you know, Plantation. That's right. And uh, Lauderhill. And there's so many parts of uh, South Broward, Hollywood. 
Uh, there are loads of places. You can walk into the Broward Mall and see signs on some of the stores, bilingual help wanted. I mean, you know, it's already into Broward. It's spreading like a cancer. It's like a disease. And, you know, it, as I said so many times, there are, in the history of this country, there were ethnic neighborhoods, little pockets in big cities where we had Italian neighborhoods and Jewish neighborhoods where they spoke Yiddish. But this is a thing that's like sweeping all over South Florida, and it's got to stop. I mean, you know, if we can't even agree on what language we speak, how the hell does anybody get along here? I agree. The and, only and, thing and all, that of, I... all of this crap about, well, you know, we have all of this Latin trade. As I said yesterday, there is no shortage of people in this area who speak the Spanish language. That's just a cop-out to use the language again as an instrument to beat people over the head with. Well, as far as Spanish trade, yes, there is a lot of Spanish trade. But if you're dealing with somebody that's from another country and that's their language, okay, you converse in that language. But yeah. still, the English language is the language. If you go to Japan, they don't even have signs in most places in Japan in English. Uh, you have to go up to somebody and try to get interpretations. In a lot of countries, we don't have signs. At least down here, we're putting up signs for people that are coming from out of the country. That I can see. I can also see them putting up signs in French. Let's not, let's not be bigots here. Let's not just make it for Spanish people. We have a lot of French tourists that come here. We have a lot of German tourists that come here. They should put up sign, multiple language signs for people to get around on metro rail and public facilities. Well, yeah, Metro Rail, they don't put up signs in 50 languages because then maybe somebody would ride it, you know. <laughs> maybe somebody yeah. stupid enough uh, would ride it who doesn't know that they're about, you know, to take their last ride. And the other item, as far as jobs, uh, that they're, they're, they're bitching and moaning to the commission uh, that they're, they're not getting jobs. Almost 50% of the people that live in Dade County are of some Latin, Latin group. Uh, they are the majority as far as people. They're not a who, who cares? Who cares? As I said before, if there are, if 70% of the people in Buffalo were Polish, they wouldn't be having a referendum there trying to become a bilingual city and make Polish the second official language equal with English. It's, it's not an issue anywhere else. And I don't give a damn if it's 43% or 83% of people who are Hispanic in Dade County. It's still a part of the United States, or I at agree. least allegedly part of the U.S. I period. agree, but if they're saying that they're a minority, how can they be a minority? When, when the statistics show that they are a majority... Well, they all, they're only a minority when it's convenient to be a minority. When, oh, it, when it means God. that there are certain, uh, certain uh, benefits of being a minority, then it's great. Amen. Well, yeah. I don't want to hold you up anymore, Neil. You have a great show. Uh, I started listening to you with Ollie Days. Yeah. And uh, I'm hooked. I think it's great. It breaks my day up. I listen to uh, uh, Zeta on the way to work and Zeta on the way home, but the rest of the day I find you and Stan uh, very, very amusing and informative. Excellent. Let me commend you on your good taste. Have a great day. Have a great day, too, sir. Thanks bye -bye. a lot. And by the way, for the guy who called earlier was telling us about the uh, beer story, we have our own special beer. We're going to be sending several cases of this over to Commissioner Valdez later in the day. It takes a special breed of man to get these ponies across the roughest part of the Colorado River or to get that tug alongside a 5,000-ton super tanker. And when it's all said and done, you know you were the man in charge of bringing her home. Yeah, that's me. Y you? Yeah. yeah. Come on. What? Get serious. Hey. That's not you. What do you mean? You're like most beer drinkers. What? All you want is eight hours of football, a tub full of Fritos, yeah. and a couch big enough to handle you and your... Go big as a mountain, push beer, big as a mountain. Beer belly, 
Big Bottom? No problem here. Just have another keg of extra heavy Tush beer. Tush. We're brewing the beer for the biggest part of you. Uh, tush. Your big as a mountain. for Tush beer. Fat thighs of Tush breweries. Say you'll eat Missouri. Okay. And that's for Commissioner Valdez because nobody in Dade County is a bigger Tush than he is. Twelve minutes till noon at WINZ. We'll come right back. When it's time for... Is there any hope left in this state at all? I mean, is there even the tiniest bit of hope between people like George Valdez and Bob Martinez? And, uh, you know, it's interesting how the names all kind of sound the same, too, and all those police who are being indicted. When does it stop? South Miami. Hello. Hello. Hi. I, I'm very glad you you see what's, what's going on, what they tried to do, those Cubans, because they, they think now... I'm glad I'm, I'm with you because on the last piling we were taught, you know, the winner. But now he thinks that he more Cuban. He's stronger now. He's going to win it. That's his idea. Well, first of all, you know, when you say those Cubans, I don't know anybody who really is all uh, that excited about this salad, which is one of the most militant right wing of the uh, Cuban groups. Uh, is against this. They don't, and their leader came out, he said that we can't afford any more divisions and any more problems, and he's totally against putting it on a ballot again. So other than Mr. Valdez, who lives all by himself in this little stupid cocoon, this dream world of his, I don't know of anybody who thinks that we need to open all of this up again. Well, that's what I mean, because, uh, he, he says, you know, they always said they feel sorry for the poor people. I, I used to live in Cuba, and over there they didn't care about their poor people. There was no union, there was no relief. Yeah, right. I was dying on the street. They didn't care then about the people. Now they want to care about the people. They're just talking, and, and they just uh, want to win over us, and that's all they, they try to do. Yeah, okay, well, just remember the slogan, ma'am. Recall George Valdez. Uh, Pompano, hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah. I'm at work, and I, I, I just wrote down all those numbers, and... And uh, I've never done this before. <laughs> you got me on this. Well, it's never too late. <laughs> the reason I call is uh, a while back, uh, uh, I was fumbling around the dial here at work. I'm new to Florida. And uh, I heard you talking about the evangelist. And I said, man, that's my kind of man. So then you mentioned Detroit a couple times. And my best friend for 10 years was named Neil Rogers from Detroit. Really? And I said, I wonder if there could be any connection, because you mentioned WJR one, and then you mentioned Inkster today. And I said, well, gee, maybe he knows the Michigan area, you know. Well, I know Michigan. I lived there for 12 years, but I don't know any other Neil Rogers. Oh, well, Neil was World War II veteran. Yeah. Anyway, I agree with you 100% on this thing, and I'm going to call the numbers. Uh, Good. I thought I might give you one little thing about the, you've been out to Vegas. And they have a problem out there, of course, if you've ever played 21 or that, about half the dealers are Oriental and Hispanic. And uh, they have that problem. So I went into a liquor store one day, and I'm ordering a, some liquor, and this woman uh, was married to the guy that owns the liquor store. And uh, she looked like she was in a kind of a bad mood. And I said, what's the matter? She said, oh, I just went to traffic court. And she said, the judge give me a ticket and a fine. She said, I think I'll renounce my citizenship. <laughs> I said, well, just take your liquor back and the cigarettes here. I won't eat. <laughs> okay.
Okay. Well, listen, make those calls now. Don't uh, let any time get away from you. Deerfield, hello. Hi, Neil. A couple of things. Number one, having you having you been a Detroiter and me being a Detroiter, uh, they never really changed the language in Hamtramck to Polish. You're absolutely right. They did have their Polish-speaking papers, yeah. uh, but it was never done that way. The other thing is, is what they are driving to here in the state is it's going to get a state referendum, and you will have uh, a state referendum obviously passing the fact that uh, there is only one language, which shall create a bigger... Yeah, isn't, isn't, isn't it terrific that we have to waste all of this time, all of the energy and all the money that people have to put into these uh, campaigns. Uh, you know, when we've got... part. You know what the big economic factor is, is that people don't understand, is that if you've ever been into Canada lately, just listen on Air Canada when the uh, stewardess has to know two languages, which is not all that bad, or everything that is on that airplane, every magazine, just figure what the economic impact, that is what these people don't understand. If that a uh, referendum goes through in the city, and they have to print every single thing in that in two languages. Just ask those people to think how much their taxes are going to go up just for the city buses to have uh, double names, double advertisement, double this, double that. We just put it through a sales tax that is already adding yeah. on to some of these services. Yeah, and we're cutting back all of these social services in Dade County because Mr. Pereira says we can't find the money to fund them. And uh, we really can afford the luxury of starting to go bilingual again. Yeah, did you hear the, the thing on your news program this morning about uh, bilingualism, or by, uh, about Pereira, that uh, the Hispanics are mad at him because uh, uh, there's only 26% uh, Hispanics. Yeah, he hasn't hired enough Hispanics. Yeah. Uh, where there are 44% living there, did they ever think about the fact that maybe the other 18% are living off the doles? Or maybe aren't qualified. Or, or whatever. Yeah. But the point is, is that they're now on Pereira's back because he didn't hire Hispanics. So we're getting the same thing that happened years and years ago, reverse discrimination and uh, some of the suits and some of the derisions, some of the divisions, some of the animosities. And it's just building up to a point that uh, it's going to be bad one these days. I really have some bad vibes about what could th what this area may end up in, what a lot of other areas may end up in, and unless they start controlling, possibly even immigration, to the extent that they let some people in that are willing to learn the language to make their way in this life of ours and not cause a problem so that I have to learn Spanish to deal with you or whatever language that might be. And you know what? I can remember very vividly my parents talking English, but they also knew Romanian. They also knew Polish, but their main language was English. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate hearing from you. We're just about out of time in this hour. And let's give those numbers real fast again before the hour ends if you've got your pencil sharp. And we have two of our lines in Broward open, by the way, 524-9400. Okay. Mayor Steve Clark, 375 5305. Get him early in the day because, uh, you know, later in the afternoon, uh, he and Grandma Boone always have a good chat. Uh, Barry Schreiber, 375-5160. George Valdez, 375-5115. Barbara Carey, 375-5205. Sherman Wynn, 375-5128. Jim Redford, 375-5121. Beverly Phillips, 375-5117, and Clara Osterley, 375-5123. Now, during the lunch hour, it be a great time to call. Those of you who are working or have other things, you know, that occupy your time. Mike Wolf is here with the headlines, World News from CBS at noon, and we'll come back with our cast of millions at 12.06. Your vote is 
records. You've seen his film. You've even purchased the Dayglow Velvet Memorial paintings at the gas station. As a true Elvis fan, you think you've heard it all. But wait, there's more. Now you can buy secret recordings of Elvis's last telephone conversations. Yes, it's the Elvis tapes. Hello, baby. This is Elvis. And I want you to come over right now and make me a big peanut butter and then a sandwich. A peanut butter and a nano sandwich where they're getting married through with the night. You'll hear Elvis in his most intimate moments. Hello, Peaceful Man, Peaceful. Yeah, this is the Elvis. Won't you bring me over a couple large pies? No, I'll make it, make it three. Don't make it six. Double cheese. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm alone. And I'm hungry. Elvis reveal how he really feels about the one true love of his life. I want you back. I want you back in my life, David. And I on your way back. Would you pick up some donuts, please? Lake jelly, cream donuts. Crullis cheese, Danish too. I love my big honey glazed donuts. Without them, I can't do. The Elvis tapes. Oh, give me, give me, give me, give me more donuts. Available now in drugstores everywhere. I love to eat. I love to eat. Let me want to want to I get a big pot of spaghetti. Okay, eight minutes <laughs> past noon. At WINZ, we're going to go right back to your calls, and we hope that you're busy on the phone yourselves today uh, making calls to those wonderful Metro-Dade commissioners. You don't have to be a resident of Dade County because uh, if you anywhere within the sound of my voice, you could suffer from the fallout and the embarrassment if this whole bilingual thing is back on a ballot again and we have another referendum and all the, you know, all I don't have to spell it out for you. You're not dumb, okay? Well, okay, let's go back to uh, Miami. Hello? Hello? Yes. Okay. Uh, first of all, you were saying how all this is going to bring problems in the community. What do you think you're doing with your program? What do you mean by that? What oh, do no, I mean so by no, that? Oh, so in other words, we're not supposed to talk about it. We're just supposed to sit back and let them do whatever they want. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that. What are you saying? I'm saying that the same way by um, us talking in Spanish... But you bringing up all these problems, it's the same thing. Now, you see, you always want it this way. The Spanish language stations can come on and do the most outrageous, inflammatory, right-wing kind of garbage, twist the news, attack people, call everybody a communist. That's okay. But if we in the English language media come on and respond to it or say anything, then we're being divisive and we're troublemakers. And I don't want to talk to people like you, okay, because you're a moron. You know, it's bad enough we have it going on right here in the community. But we can put it to rest. We can lay it back to bed right here in the community. We don't have to open it up wide for the whole country to come back in here and look at how divided Dade County is again. We can't afford any more of that, okay? And if you can't figure that out, then you've got more problems than I realize you already do. Miami, hello. Hi. Hi. I, I've been listening to your show for some time. Uh, I was just driving in traffic, and I was getting incensed, and I wanted to tell you how I feel. I think it takes someone like you to bring out someone like me to call up and tell you how I feel. Um, I just went into an industry that is primarily Latin. I'm not against learning Spanish in order to uh, do more business or whatever, but I answer the telephone now, and all these people are hanging up when they hear an American voice. And it's, it's really strange, and I don't care if we lose the business because of it. Yeah. Um, the Herald recently contacted me at home and said, you know, you've been a good client for so many years we want to give you a free month uh subscription so i think i'm going to call up and cancel good good for you <laughs> okay my grandparents came here um at the turn of the century all of them came from russia and they were all adults 
they all learned English. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's you know we've been through it a million times. It's all it's it's all very commonplace. It's all part of what's gone on in this country for a very long time. And, and the idea that this county somehow has to be an exception is ridiculous. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Okay. Miami. Hello. Neil. Yeah. Hi. Um, I was shocked yesterday watching that commission meeting on the television cable. Mm -hmm. Mr. Valdez, uh, I think he's a disgrace. And another thing, I always was under the impression that we had eight commissioners and a mayor. After yesterday, I have come to the conclusion we have seven commissioners, a mayor, and a dictator. Because Mr. Valdez evidently doesn't know what a democracy is. No, he doesn't. He hasn't got the foggiest idea of what our system of government is all about. And yet here he sits there as a commissioner, as one of nine members of the governing, the most important governing body in Dade County, a county of over two million people. And the idea that he is there is outrageous and it is unacceptable. That's right. And another thing, if you noticed, I don't know if the people took note of this, but at the meeting two weeks ago, he came on the air on the television and he gave an interview to the television cameras and he called all of the commissioners and the mayor cowards. Yeah. Because they would not second his motion. Right. The people spoke, and I think the commissioners were smart enough to know not to second it. Why bring up old dirt? And he got on there, but if you noticed, he didn't say that in front of them. He went to his private office or conference room or somewhere and yeah. told the press they were cowards. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, because there was a group of people there that he didn't appreciate what they were there for and what they said, and because they were against what he was doing, he called them racist. Well, don't you see how transparent everything that he's doing is? I mean, you know, he, he's saying, well, the population has changed now, and we've got the votes to uh, to overrule this, and uh, people's feelings are being hurt, et cetera, and so on. And this is part of a movement on a part of the very most militant members of the Cuban community. I mean, the most militant members to say, hey, now is our opportunity. We'll strike while the iron is hot. We've got enough votes. Uh, the Anglos will stay home like they always do. And we'll go out there and we'll make this officially bilingual. And it'll be like a declaration that we've taken over. It's official and everybody else can go where they want to go. Right. And if you noticed, when he gave that uh, statement yesterday, he was again in a private office. He will not face the people. And that's why I call him a dictator. Yeah. And another thing, he keeps bringing this up. He came to us in 1984, and he asked for some minor adjustments. And Citizens of Dade United went along with it. And he says, I promise I will never again touch that ordinance. He said it on my show. I know he said it on your show. The man is a born-in-the-wool liar. Yep. Yeah. That's all he is. He's a disgrace. He should not be sitting on that commission. He is a member of the Cuban Builders Association, and if you watch that cable every meeting, when the Cubans come up for any zoning variance, whether it's to build a chicken house on the moon, he, he votes for it. Yeah. He's a disgrace. I agree. I think he ought to be recalled. I think that there ought to be people setting the machinery in operation right now to recall him and get him off that commission. That's right. And we have been sitting back. We have not been making any waves. Everything was going along very well. And now he is bringing up this, and he's stirring up the worms again. And I guarantee you the people are going to be beating feet to that commission meeting. Good. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. The, the, the faces that you saw this morning, you are going to see those faces throughout the entire process. And there's no question about that. Those people that show up this morning here, 
in my opinion, racist. Hasta luego. Okay, let's go to uh, Miami next. Hello. Hello. Yes. Oh, uh, I'm glad to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to you since five days ago. Um, I, I was not born in this country. I was born in South America, and I'm very, very, very uh, appalled by the situation here in Miami. I used to live here in Miami many, many years ago, and I moved uh, north. I moved to the country. Uh, I came back for a few days, and I see that this is getting worse. Uh, I became an American citizen three months ago because I understood that I owe something to this country and I want to work for it. But uh, I don't understand what's going on in this city. Uh, you go to the airport, the people in security don't speak English. The Americans are coming here in vacation. They don't understand them. They're taking care of uh, security. I don't know what kind of security these people are taking care of. I mean, they are chatting and, and, and doing anything but having fun. Uh, you go to a bank, and because you look Latin, they talk to you in Spanish. These people don't have the right to do that. They're not in Cuba or any country in South America. They should learn the language. It's, it's obvious that this is happening because Americans are letting this happen. You understand what I mean? All right, but the point is we've been through this over and over and over again. And the fact is that even as divisive as all of this is, the majority of the people here have still shown incredible patience and have been willing to sit back a little bit and say, okay, it's going to take some time, we're going to do our best, we're going to try to get along, we'll do whatever we have to do. And now here comes this lunatic along, right in the, you know, just before election time, coincidentally, and says, hey, let's put this on the ballot. We've got enough votes to get rid of it, and let's make this a major cause celeb. Because he's, he's, all the time he's been on the commission, he's never been involved or introduced anything meaningful or worthwhile. And this is the only way that he can make any kind of points for himself is to try to be a demagogue. But you know something? The problem is that these people... By the point of your education or culture, they're not putting anything in this country. That's why Americans are so sick of Latin American people. Any Latin American community in this country, they come here because their economical situations are bad. And they come here, they ask for all the rights, but they don't want to pay any kind of obligations. I mean, all these people come here, they don't want to learn the language. When something happens, they uh, uh, appeal to their, their, because they are minorities. I mean, they want all the respect, but they don't want to do anything for this country. They well, don't let, let, let's not start getting carried away with the wild generalizations, okay? Every time we get into this conversation, we get people like this caller who want to start, you know, uh, Latin people blank, you know, and then we fill in the blank, and they all fit into the category, and none of them make any contribution, and none of them want to speak English, which is all garbage. That's a lot of foolishness. And as I said before, rather than falling into the trap, that Mr. Valdez has set for us and letting and pitting one group against the other, which is I'm sure what he's just delighted in watching. Just keep in mind, Salad, the Spanish American League Against Discrimination, is against this referendum. I don't know of any organization that is supporting Mr. Valdez. He's out there kind of like a whirling dervish, all by himself, desperate for some major issue, and now he's found it. But don't start blaming everybody else in the community because one man wants to open up all the wounds again. We have an open line in Dade, 624-9400, Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Hello, Neil. Hi. First time caller. Good. This uh, subject you've been talking about really touched a raw nerve. Um, I have a small business, and as far as I'm concerned, this is part of a larger issue. Uh, you know, small businesses has, have been really the foundation of everything that people have worked for. Small businesses uh, have supported
flooded this country, you know, throughout its history. And this, among uh, things such as the, the new tax that the governor has uh, passed, you know, are just suffocating small businesses like mine. And uh, as you know, the bill was passed July 1st, and today in the mail I just got my copy of... Uh, this new sales tax and use law. And uh, I, if you've got the time, I thought you might like to hear some of the... No, we're not, we're not really talking about that today, okay? So, you know, I, maybe you're up in arms about that, but that's not what we're talking about. Everybody in the state is up in arms about it except the governor. But, uh, you know, we had a couple of senators on the show a few months ago, and they sat here and they lied to us, and, oh, nothing to worry about, it's not going to pass, and... Uh, you know, and in the meantime, here we go, and uh, we're you know, on death's door once again. But there's nothing I can do about it at this point. So let's let's concentrate today on something that we can make an impact on. Fort Lauderdale, hello. Are you there? You hear me? Yeah. Uh, I'm a first-time caller since you've been on the uh, on the day hours, and um, I just want to say that it is wrong uh, that English should be the only language. Like you said yesterday, uh, as far as every community has its ethnic pockets, and the people can speak their language within their own communities. However, whether you're in New York or Chicago or Detroit, uh, wherever you have Lithuanians or Pol Polish people or Jewish people or Chinese people out in Frisco, um, I think it's important that uh, they realize and in the established communities, they speak, they speak the language that, uh, that's their native tongue within their communities, but I, I've always found that um, when they're doing business, they speak English, and I'm very proud of, of them for doing that. And I, I feel that uh, the same thing should go for uh, the Latin community here in, in, uh, in Florida. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Okay. All right. Question to ask you. Yeah. Okay, and you can shut me down if you want. I've won a three-day trip to Detroit. Okay, and I I know you had mentioned some places to eat up there, and I, I don't want to take away from the from the show, but can you ramble off to me a couple of good places that I could go eat for three days in Detroit? Where you can go eat for three days? Yeah, I'm going to be no, I I on a contest. The only one. Detroit. Yeah, the only one that. And, I I'm just uh, curious. I know you mentioned the deli in Detroit once and some restaurants. I've got a pad ready ready here, and can you... Off the now, the only, the only one I can good. tell you is the London Chop House. That's the only one that I know is still there. All the other restaurants that I used to love in Detroit are closed and long gone, and if you won three days in Detroit, I'd hate to find out who the enemy was that uh, sick that on you. Okay, 22 minutes past noon at WINZ. Let's take a real good long break now. 1225 at WINZ. It's always amazing to me how somebody will call in like the caller a couple of calls ago, in the middle of a discussion that is so obviously in a single direction, and will just try to change it for his own convenience, which is enough to make you want to scream. We have an open line in Broward, 524-9400. And what does it say? That's all the Broward callers want to do. What, change the subject? Oh, well, screw them. Miami Beach, hello. Hello. Yes. Neil, um, I'm a first-time caller. Uh, I was very upset about this thing. You know, I'm an American-born citizen, and we've just about taken 
enough nonsense from our higher-ups, much less to take it from them, too. Um, this is ridiculous, and I called up every one of the offices, Good. commissioners, Great. and I told them exactly what I'm feeling. And uh, it, it, it's, it's absolutely atrocious. Did they listen to you? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, they told me not to call the other offices when I called the first one, Steve Parks. <laughs> they said that it would be on record, but I wanted to make sure yeah. the others got it, too, and I called them all. Oh, yeah, don't pay any attention to that. We want to uh, flood them with calls. I did exactly that, Lee Neal, because I feel that this is what has to be done. It's ridiculous what they're doing. It's nothing. It's based on nothing but lies. And I'm sick and tired of it. Yeah, and again, the timing is its so ironic. I mean, here, everybody at every level, of the, the politicians, all of the bureaucrats, the Beacon Council, the Chamber of Commerce, all of these self-appointed experts screaming and yelling about the New York Times and look at the dirty thing they've done to us and they've given us all this bad press. And at the, almost in the same breath, they're saying, hey, you know, let's go ahead and put this on a ballot so we can open up all the old sores and the wounds to show to the rest of the country and make a laughing stock out of this area again. You're so right. Look, I, I'm going through an awful lot now because, as I told you, I own a condominium here. I want to see this this part of the beach progress and get along and, and do things right. We even accepted them into our condominium, which I'm not regretful for. But if they learn how to behave themselves and understand what our laws are and accept our laws as laws, not as, as what they want to do with us. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, and thanks for making those calls. We have an open line in Dade, 624-9400. And let's go to Miami again. Hello. Hello. Yes. Is this Neil? It sure is. Neil, I just wanted to give you my opinion. I am bilingual. I live in Miami. My parents are from a Latin country, okay? And my husband just came to this country from, from, from Colombia. And I see no reason... Well, he shouldn't have to learn this language like everybody else that comes from any country. Right. That's what I think. Okay, he's doing everything he can to learn English, and there's no reason why. This should be a bilingual country when it's America, it's USA, and everybody before him has had to learn English Amen. to survive here. Amen, and I appreciate that. I think Valdez is just is being such a jerk. He's just being a demagogue, that's all. He's just looking to win favor again with that segment of the population that he uh, figures he can always get their votes and always get their support. And I think he's uh, going to be in for a surprise this time because I th obviously if the salad people are against him, uh, you know, even the most militant people in the community, a lot of them uh, have enough understanding that we've suffered enough and we can't take very much more. It's the truth. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Latin. I was born in, an, I was born here, but I'm from Hispanic parents, and my parents have done anything to everything to learn the, the language in this country, and I don't see why people now should have the advantage of speaking Spanish here, because if you go to another country, a Latin country, they're not going to speak English to you, they're going to speak Spanish. You bet. And if we have to learn it to go live anywhere else, they should learn it to live here, because oh. it's not going to be that easy to come here and just, you know, just turn this into a Latin country here. They should Maybe they should just uh, cut off Miami and let it float into the into the uh, the ocean with Cuba, and maybe they should just stick together, you know. We can move to another uh, state or something. Okay, thanks for calling. All right. 1230 at WINC, Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes. Neil, how are you? Congratulations on your numbers. Thank you. I just wanted to think about something else besides all of this, the economic impact of the whole thing. How do you compare this to the situation in Quebec? 
years ago. Oh, it's the same kind of thing. It's tremendously divisive there, and it hurt them uh, irreparably. I don't know if they'll ever come back from it, and that's what's going to happen to us here. Also, you know, the average Canadian pays about 9 or 10% more in his cost of living just because of the bilingual provisions. Yeah. You know, there's people in Alberta and in British Columbia that are forced to pay for to subsidize French-speaking people in Montreal. Right. And I was just wondering, how do you think that'll happen over down here? Well, all I can tell you is that, you know, as a caller earlier pointed out, just, just the costs of doing business and doing the printing and all of the business in bilingual, again, of doing everything in two languages, are going to be staggering. We're talking about millions of dollars in expenditures, and it comes at a time when the county manager told us just a couple of days ago that we have to make all these deep cuts in social programs and other important areas of the budget because we can't raise the money to pay for them. And my point is that that affects Latins as well as Anglos and you everybody bet. else in the community. You bet. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you. Very excellent point. Pompano, hello. How you doing, Neil? Good. I'm um, first-time caller. I'm probably one of your younger callers, too. I'm uh, 23. Right. Just wanted to let your management team know about that so that, you know, you got the younger people listening to you. I, I'm originally from Syracuse. I've been down here for about a year now. And uh, the Spanish speaking is, uh, it, it's, it sometimes hinders a lot. And I don't think that, you know, the, they should even think about even going into a bilingual. I mean, they have enough Spanish-speaking people around, you know, to get the point across. I didn't even know that English was the language in there. I thought they were bilingual. Uh, I didn't know that they had, you know, made it uh, English only till yesterday on a news report. I heard that it, it is now English. And so it's kind of weird to understand that. Um, well, well, first of all, wait a minute. Let, let me try to explain something to you, okay? Okay. In 1972, as I mentioned earlier, the Metro Commission just arbitrarily passed a resolution and they declared Dade County officially bilingual. In 1980, people went, you know, we had a, a petition drive, we got enough petition signatures to get the issue on the ballot, and the majority of the people went to the polls and they overruled that. In other words, they rescinded the bilingual resolution. That's really what the anti-bilingual ordinance is all about. Okay. okay? So, so basically, all that said is that Dade County is like any other county in America. It is not bilingual. We don't do business in a foreign language. We don't spend money to do uh, county business in a foreign language, period. It's no different from any other county in the country. And that's the way it should be. And why it can't be left that way after seven years and why this cretin in the Metro Commission feels he's got to bring it up again after he's lied to us and promised that he wouldn't is absolutely reprehensible. Because there's no, there is, there's no problem. I mean, there, there's a language problem out there because there are a lot of rude, arrogant people who want to use the language as a weapon. But in terms of the legalese of it, at the present time, there is no problem. The only problem is going to be if we rehash all of this and bring it back to the public all over again and bring back all the old arguments and all the old debates and all the old hatreds, and just it's going to be a nightmare. Let me ask you, uh, how is he put into position? Is he voted into position? No, he was appointed into position. He was reelected once. I uh, will grant you that. He did get reelected primarily because he has, had pathetic opposition, and he barely wanted that. But, uh, no, he was appointed by the governor to fill a vacancy that existed on the commission a few years ago. And how long does he stay in that position for? Is there a, year, is there a time limit to it? Or? Two years. I think, uh, I'm, I, I'm not really sure. I think he's up for re-election this year, which is why I think he's doing this. Oh, I, I can see, I wouldn't see doing it because it seems like it's going to hurt him for anything, but trying to help him getting back into position, I can't. Yeah, but you've got to understand, he assumes automatically that he's going to lose a good part of the Anglo vote. He's not concerned about that. He's concerned, you know, about pandering to the Hispanic vote. Say, hey, look at me, man. I'm the champion. I'm Mr. Uh, Hispanic, Mr. Mr. Spanish. That's why he wanted to put it to the people instead of the committee making a decision. 
Oh, no, no, he didn't want to put it to people, but he, he wanted the Metro Commission a few weeks ago to uh, repeal the anti-bilingual ordinance. He didn't want to put it on the ballot. That was, that was the cop-out by the commission. They said, oh, we're not going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. It's a hot potato, so we'll just put it on the ballot and let the people decide again. I just passed the buck. Yeah. Well, it was nice talking to you, Neil, and uh, congratulations on your numbers, and I think you got a hell of a show. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. 26 before 1 at WINZ and open line in Broward, 524-9400. Margate, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Congratulations on your rating. Thank you. You earned it. Uh, I think Mr. Valdez is setting the stage for something else. I listened to Mr. Fernandez, who is the head of the school board, when he was talking to Rodney Ward on Channel 2. He is going to propose that all students in Dade County learn a second language from the first grade up to the 12th. They can't graduate without a second language. Now, here's the kicker. It is going to be mandatory that that language be Spanish. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And you cannot elect to take French, German, Italian. You yeah. are going to, it's going to be mandated yeah. that you speak Spanish. Unacceptable. Well, this is the proposal. And Rodney Ward said to him, well, don't you know how explosive this is, Mr. Fernandez? He said, yeah. He said, well, do you think you're going to get this passed? He says, no, but we'll keep battering at the, at the door, and we will eventually get it passed. Yeah, see, this is another example of how the language is being used as a weapon. And here we have a group of people, for the first time in the history of this country, we have a group of immigrants who have been allowed to come in, and they are telling us, you will do it our way our shot or else. They and have taken over. Yeah, bloodless coup. You, oh, God, you are right. But I thought that was an important part. Yeah. of this discussion, and I think the school board should be taught, brought to task to not even... Uh, now, I don't, I don't mind a second language. I wish I spoke ten of them. You know, I have three nieces in, in Switzerland who are natives of Switzerland who learn five languages, but they do learn English, and mm -hmm. they learn their own languages. There's Romanche. Uh, they learn, uh, learn French, Italian, only because they're surrounded by... French Alps or Italian Alps, whatever, you know? But I, I think the school board should be taken to task. Okay, I appreciate that. 24 before 1 at WINZ, we'll go to Miami. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. How you doing? Okay. Uh, I'm a 19-year-old Iranian student in Miami. Right. Uh, I came here in 1979. I didn't speak a word of English. Incredible. Okay. I, I was forced to learn. Okay, because I had no one else to communicate with, and they didn't understand my language. Okay, now what I'm trying to say is that these the Spanish-speaking people in Miami have so many opportunities. I mean, you go anywhere, they have an English form and they have a Spanish form. True. Yep. And I mean, if you just take that away from, them, right? I mean, that way they're forced to learn English. Okay, I mean, my parents, my sister, I mean, all the family that I have here, they were forced to learn English. Now, in L.A., there's a section of the town in L.A. that is owned by a lot of Iranians. They have their own stores. But as a matter of fact, they have their own phone book and everything. But if you walk into their stores, even if you are Iranian, they will not speak to you in Iranian. They will speak to you in English. Mm -hmm. Because that's, this is America. That's the way it ought to be. You best learn to 
communicate in English. Yeah, because it, that is the language here. It's so obvious, you know. It's such a tiring argument because it, it's so obvious, and there are no real, legitimate, debatable points on it. And um, we've, we've been here for over 200 years now in this country. Right. And there's nothing to debate about. It's just a case of trying to get a group of people to be a civil and and, and to be. Uh, socially agreeable and to compromise and we just have a large segment of that community that is not willing to do it they're going to continue uh insisting and continuing to try to outnumber people and to outmuscle them and to drive them out and this is not acceptable it's it's outrageous that's, that's just it see this this country has been called the melting pot okay and it's just a bunch of you know people from all over the world have emigrated here over the years Okay, I mean, if if the Polish people came here and they wanted to speak Poland, Polish, if uh, the Swiss people came here and they want to speak, you know, their language, and if you know, if everybody wanted to, you know, nail down and say, hey, I'm going to speak my language, okay, I mean, there would be, I mean, mass hysteria. I mean, you couldn't communicate with anyone. Right. Okay, and I mean, if you're if you're in the United States, if their language is English. Damn it, speak English. I mean, when in Rome, do as Romans do. Okay. Indeed. Pretty simple. Thanks a lot. 21 before 1 at WINZ. We have an open line in Dade. 624-9400. Seis dos cuatro, whatever the rest is. And uh, let's take our uh, next break here. We'll come back right after this. What are you waiting for? Yes, you. Now is the time to buy the car you want at the Brayman Auto Group during our special four-day move em out event. There's no reason to wait. The inventory can't get any bigger, and Mr. Brayman says move them out now to make room for the 88s whether we make money or not. Now through Sunday, you'll find a brand new 87 Cadillac Seville from only $19,990, or a new 87 Sterling S Automatic with air conditioning from only $18,490, or even an 87 Honda Civic GL four-door from only $7,000. Raymond is the number one volume BMW dealer in the southern United States because of deals like this. An 87 BMW 325 2-door 5-speed from just $19,590. And if you're waiting for a lower interest rate, stop waiting. We've got low interest rates now with finance plans that make sense. For the car you want at the price you want, come to the Brayman Auto Group today. Brayman Cadillac Sterling BMW at 20th and Biscayne Boulevard. Brayman Honda Sterling at 7400 Bird Road. Thank you. Arigato. Thanks so much. Muchas gracias. Tusen tak. Muchas gracias. Vielen Dank. Salamat po. The words thank you sound wonderful in any language, particularly when spoken by a young person who has become very close to you, though he or she comes from another part of the world. This summer, 4,000 young people from Europe, Asia, and Latin America will come to this country as foreign exchange students with Educational Foundation for Foreign Study. Each student is eager to spend a high school year learning new things, making new friends, and getting to know America. Your America. Please, open your heart and share your home. Host a student by calling 800-44-SHARE. These students need host families in your area right now. All students have their own insurance and spending money. Host a student. Please call Educational Foundation toll-free at 800-44-SHARE. That's 800-44-SHARE. Merci beaucoup. For more information on hosting an exchange student, call 1-800-44-SHARE or this station. Hey, South Miami, here's your chance. You've been hearing me rave about some of the great delis in North Dade and Broward. Well, now there's lots of Lox Deli at the corner of U.S. 1 and 152nd Street in the Coral Reef Shopping Center. 
At Lots of Locks, you'll find a potpourri of delicious deli delights like their Philadelphia-styled sandwiches, including the Skyscraper Club, stuffed with turkey, bacon, ham, cheese, tomato, and lettuce. In the fish platter department, choose from Nova, Lox, Chub, Kippered Salmon, Sable, Whitefish, or Sturgeon, all hand-selected by the owner. And for breakfast, try any style of Lots of Lox's omelets, always cooked with three eggs and stuffed to the max. You'll find Lots of Lox at the corner of 152nd Street and US 1 in South Miami. And for your convenience, they're open every day, seven days a week from 7.30 in the morning until 4 p.m. You tell Henry that Neil Rogers sent you by for Great Deli anytime to Lots of Lox. Before you catch Neil and Stan during the day, find out what's happening in your world. This is Frank Motek in the Wings Newsroom. Join us tomorrow morning for your free delivery of the morning news on WINZ. Adios. Okay, it's 18 before 1 at WINZ. We'll go to uh, North Miami Beach. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, Neil, do you suppose by any odd chance or long shot that Valdez, is that his name? Yep. Is a communist. Is a communist? Why a not? Communista? That's right. How they start out divide and conquer, right? No, I think he's a fascist, not a communist. Why not? He's trying to divide the city. Yeah, let me say it again. Uh, North Miami Beach, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I was going to make a little comment to you about last night. I was watching this program on the news about this whole um, issue and uh, Valdez, or whatever his name is, was saying how we were being so hypocritical, us Americans and all the other foreign people who are from other countries, because we should all, it seems to be mostly the, the Cuban people who want this to go through so badly, and it's just not right. So by the time I went to bed, I had the funniest dream about the whole state of Florida just breaking off from the coast of the United States. <laughs> And it was circling around, not around Cuba, but just making one big circle. And there was the mayor, or, or the governor, rather, up there at the front greeting uh, Castro with his little American flag, like saying, well, we finally did it. Here we are. Yeah. I woke up this morning just with the oddest feeling about it. And I said, if this goes through, this will be, I will go to Alaska, and I hate snow. I just can't believe that, that, that this is happening again. And they, they just think they should push their way through so far. Come on, they get everything their way. They got all, all, all the commissioners had to do was say no. That's all. All they had to do was say no. Forget it. We're not going to bring it up again. We're not going to put it on the ballot. We're not going to discuss it anymore. It's ancient history. It's been voted on. There are no problems going on. Why didn't they do that? Why, did, why didn't they just have the guts to say, Jorge, goodbye, adios, arrivederci, let's go on to some important business instead of, you know, um, putting this thing on, on the ballot and having a second hearing, public hearing in September. Why didn't they just say no yesterday? It would have been very simple and get it over with. Wouldn't we? We've got enough other problems. We don't need that. You bet. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Miami, hello. Miami. Hello. Buenas tardes. How you doing? Okay. I'm a long-time listener and a first-time caller, and I really enjoy your program. Thank you. I've lived in South Florida all my life, in Day County most of the time, and the last 10 years in Broward. And I've been here. I've seen what's happened. I saw the Cubans come over from Ca uh, Castro's Island in the early 60s with their tail between their legs. We take them in with open arms, feed them, clothe them, give them money, small business loans, and then they just... Oh, slowly but surely try to overwhelm us. And uh, the only thing I have to say about 
to the voters in this county is get off your duff, go out, and vote this thing down because it's just the crest. It's oh, well, we can't, we can't let it get on the ballot. We can't, we have to nip it in the bud before it gets on the ballot because by next March, uh, this town will be turned into a parking lot if we, if we let that go on. Exactly. But, but I will say this, and that is that this fall, when we have the elections, whichever of the Metro commissioners are up for re-elections this fall again, every one of them has to be voted out of office. Every one of the incumbents has to be voted out. Exactly, because they're just passing the buck, throw it to the voter, don't voice your opinion down there because you're liable not to get voted in next time by the Hispanic community here because most of the Anglos in this county don't get out and vote, and they do, and that's the problem. Yeah. I sure appreciate the calling you. Okay, good hearing from you. Thank you. 14 till 1 at WYNZ. Let's go to Boca. Hello. Buenas tardes, Neil. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Good. Uh, you touched on it briefly yesterday. I just want to say it again that the uh, the problem here in this state is not a Hispanic problem, but it seems to be a, a Cuban problem. And that is, uh, if you look at the power structure, uh, all six state state representatives are Cuban. I don't think there's an elected official in uh, in Miami that's uh, that's not Cuban. Right. And uh, curiously, you, you you would ask, well, why uh, why is uh, you hear more hatred being spewed from Miami than you hear uh, coming from Havana? And uh, I think in part it's due to the uh, Cuban Havana Cuba anti-American propaganda. But part of the rationale for Cuban people here to do uh, what uh, or some of them anyhow uh, do what they're doing is this. Now here it sort of forms a, uh, a mosaic when you listen to a number of different people. One, the Americans, the only real Americans are Indians. Two, the Americans took this country away from the Indians, and now we have the right to take it away from you. We are now the majority, at least in certain areas. Uh, you, uh, you read... Uh, for instance, uh, an article in the Miami News, uh, November the 8th, uh, 1986, where uh, a woman by the name of Terry Zubazierta says, I am not uh, uh, insidious attacks on, on Cuban uh, Cubans, and she uh, is a chairman of a, a group known as FACE mm -hmm. about Cuban exiles. And she differentiates and says, we are our political exiles. Uh, people with misunderstand us. We are not uh, immigrants. We're here in search of freedom. You know, I was thinking about that last night. You know, all this crap about exiles and the exile community. This is 1987. It's all, it's 28 years after Castro took power. These people have been here, a lot of them, for almost 30 years now. How long is this exile community crap going to go on? You know, how long is it before you can be a visitor, before you finally say, okay, I'm moving in and I'm staying, and I'm unpacking my uh, my bags? Well, the thing is... And I'm going to be a part of the community instead of just pretend that I'm sitting here in limbo waiting to go back. That that just doesn't fly anymore. It's not acceptable. Well, it's acceptable to people that uh, have rejected the melting pot concept and form and are in search of the salad bowl, like uh, the uh, proponents of uh, Salad. And you can see it, uh, to quote another article in the uh, Sun Sentinel of uh, June the 9th, 1986, uh, an article by uh, Buddy Nivens. Uh, an individual uh, who was going to boycott the Metro Mover, he said it's an affront to all Dade County Hispanics that the uh, announcements are on the Metro Mover. Announcements and signs are uh, in English and not in Spanish. 
uh, you know, the this if we would have embarked on uh, a similar uh, people with a similar uh, frame of mind when this country was formed, you wouldn't have any country. Uh, but the only other thing I want to say, I think that the uh, the solution might be uh, that we have to take another look at the uh, Cuban Immigration Act, and we have just. We have no control over immigration from Cuba. Uh, Fidel Castro does. Well, I got news for you. As long as you've got a right-wing administration in power like we do now in Washington, uh, they'd be delighted to have Castro, uh, you know, reopen the agreement that they made a couple of years ago with Reagan. They'd be delighted to uh, reinstitute that so that we can get a lot more good right-wing Republican votes in here. We can put them all in the orange bowl and we can naturalize them and make them citizens by, you know, waving a magic wand and bringing the vice president down and get a lot more good right-wing votes down here to vote for Republican candidates. See, it's really unfortunate when the immigration policy becomes politicized because then it becomes even crazier than it was before. And that's what's happened. One other uh, quick thing, uh, Neil, and, and that is that uh, I never heard you mention it, but in uh, 1986, uh, to be exact, on uh, April 22nd, 1986, uh, a law was passed in, in Hialeah, a resolution, in the form of a resolution. The mayor, to his credit, uh, withheld his signature, but it's about a page and a half document, and the uh, the... It begins with the resolution is to define a newspaper of general circulation uh, to be utilized for legal advertisements by the city of Hialeah. The very last sentence says this. In order to serve the interest of the community, legal ads in the city of Hialeah shall be published in Hialeah simultaneously in both the English language and in the language most commonly spoken in Hialeah, if other than English. I don't need it. <laughs> That is resolution 86-35 with the uh, date I mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. April. So you now have a major city in this state where it is unlawful for the city to post a legal advertisement only in English. Yeah. That's how far we, we've gone. Well, I, I'd love to know when a lot of the people who advertise on billboards in Hialeah are going to start advertising in English. Because that's one of the most obnoxious things to drive on the Palmetto through that area, uh, 103rd Street, and through those exits that are Hialeah exits, and see billboard after billboard in Espanol. Only. No English. They're not interested in those of us who don't speak Spanish. And again, it's like a slap in the face. You know, bring us in, allow us to take advantage of all the good things, but uh, don't expect us to accommodate or to assimilate or to do anything that we're supposed to do or that anybody who preceded us is going to do. Because we, we kind of have this Burger King mentality. We're going to do it our way. And if you don't like it, you can move out. It's eight minutes before one at WI. I mean, you know, he represents Day County. He's part of the commission of Day County, not the Cuban community. Well, as far as I'm concerned, he only represents himself. Well, that's true. But, I mean, uh, a lot of your listeners call that and says, oh, because the Cuban do this and the Cuban do that, and that's wrong. I mean, that's that wrong. Yeah, but don't, but don't you understand that this is just the beginning? In other words, if this thing gets on the ballot... We're, we're going to have all of these generalizations and all of these hatreds and all of the ethnic division, I mean, magnified by a thousand times whatever it is now. And for what? I mean, what do we need this for? 
Yeah. I mean, but you do have a lot of American commissioners there that are allowed this jackass to do what he's doing. Absolutely. And that's what I've said. That's why I'm giving all of their numbers. I'm not just giving his phone number out today. I'm giving the numbers of all nine commissioners, the mayor and the other eight commissioners, because how in the world could they have gone along with this? It's true. They should have put a stop yesterday on it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, now, about the people coming in here not wanting to uh, learn the language. That's a lot of horse crap. I mean, you can walk into any English classes in Day County, and they're packed. I mean, I do understand that uh, the older generation don't care to learn the language because they don't find any meaning in it. Well, I, I, every time we get into this, I try to point out that what I believe is the most divisive thing in this community is not people that don't want to learn it, but that don't want to use it. That's what the, where the problem is. There are a lot of people out there that know it perfectly but don't want to use it in public, and that's what creates the tremendous divisions. Right. Uh, official language is English, and the hell with everything else. Exactly. It's very simple. There's nothing complicated about it at all. You know, if, if you go to Mexico, the language there is Spanish. If you go to France, the language there is French. Nothing complicated. It's no big deal. Yeah, that's right. No other way through it. Okay, Neil. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It only becomes complicated when people like George Valdez want to make it complicated. And, oh, we have all these racists, and it's the same old faces. You know, it was 60%. It wasn't some little uh, tiny segment of the community that came out, but 60% of those who went to vote in 1980, and that was a presidential election year, by the way, that was Carter and Reagan in November of 1980, so there was a big turnout of voters, and about 60% of them said, hey, we want to repeal that resolution. We don't want this to be the only bilingual county in the whole country. And here's George Valdez in his infinite br uh, brilliance and wisdom, saying, oh, it's, it's just these racist, racist, uh, hurting our feelings. Well, I'm not hurting your feelings when I tell you that you're an asshole, uh, George, because that's what you are. You're a jerk, an idiot, and you don't belong sitting on any kind of governmental body. You don't even belong as dog catcher. You can barely even sp express yourself in English language on any occasion. And you're a Metro Commissioner? How can this be possible? Another part of the great legacy left to us by our former governor. And, of course, the only reason most of us forget about him is because we sent him off to the Senate. And in the meantime, the new governor is even a greater disaster than the one we had before. Which is amazing how those of us in Florida continue to seem to be able to do that. You know, we had Reuben Askew. We thought he was bad. Then we had Bob Graham, who was an unmitigated disaster. And now we've got Bob Martinez, who is the worst thing in the history of mankind. Who makes Hitler look like a great humanitarian. But what are we getting excited about, right? Mike Wolf is here with the headlines. CBS has got the news at 1. The sun is shining somewhere. Life is wonderful, and we'll come back at 106. <laughs> 107 at WYNZ, last hour on a Wednesday. Stan Major will be along from 2 to 6, and Stan is going to be trolling in Espanol for four hours this afternoon. Okay, first order of business before we go back to your calls. Let's give these phone numbers out again. And just because Harvey Reuven called earlier and said, hey, listen, uh, you know, we've had a tremendous response and congratulations and all of that, but uh, enough is enough. We aren't giving Harvey's number out anymore because we have him on record. He said it at least three times during that phone conversation that he is against the commission putting the issue of bilingualism back on the ballot again in Dade County. We have him on record. But the other eight, here are the names and the numbers. Mayor Steve Clark, 375 5305. Barry D. as in douchebag Schreiber. 375 5160. George Valdez, who is the real perpetrator of all of this insanity again. 375 5115. Barbara Carey. 375 
5205. Sherman Wynn, 375-5128. Jim Redford, 375-5121. Beverly Phillips, 375-5117. And Clara Osterley, 375-5123. Those are the numbers for the other eight members of the Metro Commission, the other eight dunderheads, and what we want you to do, and we've had a tremendous response all day, is have people call their offices and let them know in no uncertain terms, no, we do not need another referendum on bilingualism in Dade County. We don't need any more divisiveness. We don't need any more hysteria. and We don't need to further embarrass the already negative image of this community before the rest of the world. Very simple. Miami, hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, Neil? Yes. Oh, this is the first time I've ever called you. And my parents and I have listened to you for quite a few years. Good. But I did call uh, Clark, and I called Barry Schreiber, and I called Valdez. Uh-huh. And I had quite a time getting to Valdez. The other phone numbers uh, you could get right in. I'm a little nervous. Okay. Until Just you, relax. You're so smart. I do agree, and I listened to, we listened to you all day yesterday about, and I know how aggravated you were about what was happening to this here part of Miami, mm -hmm. and I know because I know what my parents are going through, and I see it because I'm down here, and they've ruined Miami. People, they don't care how they throw, I go out and I pick up everything trash and everything, but that can happen anywhere, because I know I come from the Midwest, and I'm sorry, I just don't know what to say, but I just think you are fantastic, you and Stan Major, mm -hmm. because we I remember his last phone, his last episode that he had on TV, I mean, on the radio, was he told this girl, lay down, I want to talk to you. <laughs> Yeah. Stupid. Well, I think that says it all. Okay, we appreciate hearing from you and have a great life. Uh, Kendall, hello. Hello, Neil. Hi. Don't you think that when these people were brought in here, there was too much fuss made about it? They were hailed as heroes. And can you name me any other ethnic group who came to this country that has had at least three presidents come and shake hands all the way around, eat in their restaurants, and promise them God knows what. Oh, sure. That, the politicians do that. In fact, when Nelson Rockefeller was governor in New York, he went into every ethnic, into delis, Chinese restaurants. I mean, people who couldn't even vote, uh, you know, he became one of theirs for at least a couple of hours. So, uh, But it's not just a question of whether presidents came and talked to them. That's not the point. The point is that the politicians here have encouraged and have expanded and have pandered and have created the nightmare that we have now. They've made it. They've created it. They created the climate for it, and they keep expanding upon it. And, you know, it, it's just a question of whether the people, the rest of the people, are ever going to have the backbone to say, okay, this is where we draw the line, or whether they're just going to keep retreating and moving farther and farther away. Well, and it's not only in these big issues. It's the small, insidious things that happen, that uh, happen to one person where you are 
nudged out of an apartment. Mm -hmm. Or out of a job. Yes. Um, I left an apartment simply because um, it had been sold and uh, a lot of the people had left. There were only three of us left anymore. And it was really made so miserable. In fact, I had a hole in my bathroom ceiling as big as a bushel basket where they had fixed some leaks. And uh, three months, I couldn't get anybody to do anything to, to cover that hole. And finally, I just moved out, which is what they wanted. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, get out. But uh, they didn't do anything either. And now, that was a beautiful apartment. And now, there's not a blade of grass. The flowers have been destroyed. They're parking cars any which way. It's, it's disgraceful. Okay, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what to say. We can hear everybody's anecdotal story, and that's not the purpose of the program today, and it will put everybody into a coma. I understand your dismay, but the bottom line is, purpose of the show is to try to motivate people to say, listen, we don't need this, the community can't afford it, and we're not going to sit still and let it happen. And all of you morons on the Beacon Council and the Chamber of Commerce and all you other self-appointed geniuses who have all the answers for what's right for this community. How the hell can you sit back and permit this to be, even be discussed so that we once again for the eight millionth time in the last ten years can become the laughing stock of the entire world and they can point the finger at us and say what a bunch of dummies. They had a tropical paradise, and they've turned it into a nightmare, into a jungle. And then we can say, oh, look at that. They're picking on us again. Hi, Aaliyah. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, I have a few things that i want like to talk about. I think that bilingualism is more or less a code word for the Spanish assault on the English language. It sounds a lot better to say bilingualism than it says to make Spanish equal with English. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just wait till what happens in Dade County when more than half the population is Hispanic, whether they're Cuban or South American. Then it'll be English, you know, the, the number two language, and they'll make moves to make Spanish the language of the county. No, I don't think so, because I don't think that this uh, hysteria about the Spanish language also exists among Colombians and Venezuelans and Nicaraguans and Salvadorians. I think that primarily, and a caller made reference to this earlier, primarily this is a thing that has been promoted by and uh, peddled within the Cuban community in Dade County. I don't think that the rest of the Hispanics uh, have that same hysteria about this subject. Do you think that the other uh, Spanish people from South America have more of that immigrant will to learn the language? I think so. Oh, and, I, I, I'm glad. And, and, and as a matter of fact, if you would, if you go out and talk to some people in the Hispanic community, you would find that the greatest rift that exists in this town is not between so-called Hispanics and Anglo's, but between non-Cuban Hispanics and Cubans who are at tremendous odds with each other. And there are a great many people in this community who are Latins from some of the countries I mentioned. Uh, who are tremendously upset because they get stereotyped along with that right-wing militant uh, language-toting Cuban mentality that we're talking about. And, and they take great exception to it because they suffer for it. Right. Well, I, all I can say is that I think that the XLs have as much chance of going back to Havana as the Shah's son has of going back to Tehran. Correct. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. Hollywood, hello. Uh, hello, Neil. Hi. Uh, 
I wanted to ask you, who sang that song this morning when you let off? Who sang what song? Uh, the asshole song. Who sang it? Or who's the group? Oh, I don't even remember his name anymore. I'll have to uh, ask uh, Tweety Bird what the name is. I don't even remember his name anymore. I hope you play it more often because uh, it does fit him very well. Yes, it does. Uh, and I wanted to also say uh, it's a wonder that the callers can even get through now because your lines are so busy the, the wires must be burning and melting, which is a good sign. Well, also. I hope the lines are burning and melting over there at the Metro Commission offices. That's what I want to see. I want to see the people in this town finally get off their asses and finally decide, hey, you know, we've had enough. And now we're angry, and we're going to say something, and we're going to do something. It, it's long overdue that people in this town at least got angry. That's right. And uh, you're a good one to lead them and to motivate them because you're real strong in that area. I was in Mexico a few years ago, and I was there three weeks, and already I could talk to any waiter or waitress and tell them what I wanted off the menu. And I'm sure if anybody wanted to learn English, they could learn it just as fast. Yeah. And luckily, uh, we are getting to their children in education and teaching them English, and they are the more... But, but, but again, it's not a question of whether those young people know the language. It's a question of how many of them are going to be polite enough and decent enough to use it when they're in public. Right. And I'm telling you that there are a great many of those young people who use their language as a weapon and as a divisive means of separating them from other people when they're in public. And it's rude, and it's crude, and it's arrogant, and it's unacceptable. Right. I want to say uh, I think uh, you're a lot more powerful than uh, Valdez, and I'm sure your influence will uh, help the people motivate them. Keep them calling those uh, commissioners, and even back when we go to vote in November, if we uh, bring this up again, yeah. I'm sure it will help them motivate them a lot. Okay, we'll try. Thank you very much. Thank you. Somebody called in to say that when you uh, call any of the commissioners, you must leave your name or they won't record uh, your call. They won't count it. And uh, if there's anybody out there too much of a coward to give your name then uh, forget it. I mean, if you're just too much of a coward to let them know who it is that's calling, then just forget about it and leave the lines open, and I'm sure plenty of other people will take the time to call. Let's go to uh, North Miami Beach. Hello. Yes, Neil? Yes. Uh, Neil, many years ago, when our parents and grandparents came from foreign countries, in order for them to vote, they had to know English. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was until they had a congressman in New York by the name of Mark Antonio. He decided that since he was getting votes from East Harlem, which was mostly Hispanic and Puerto Ricans, that he would work a deal with the airlines to get many, many Puerto Ricans to come to live in New York, especially in his area. For $64, an entire family was moved from Puerto Rico up to New York. You could check this and you'll find that it's that. Anyway... Uh, I'm referring to people that came from France, Germany, Russia, Poland, whatever it was, wherever they came from, they had to know English before they could vote. Mark Antonio perhaps didn't realize what he was doing when he started this business of having the uh, Spanish uh, uh, boards, booths for voting, because now the booths are down here. Actually, the reason uh, Mark Antonio was able to get that because he claimed that the Puerto, Puerto Rico was a territory of the United States, mm -hmm. which automatically made Puerto Ricans American citizens. That's correct. That's why he was able to have uh, the boots in Spanish for the Puerto Rican people. Mm -hmm. Now, I, too, have lived in New York, and I don't see where the Puerto Rican people up there try to force us 
to make Spanish up there like they're Cubans down here trying to make... Well, not only don't they try to do it, but if they did, they would be laughed out of the Bronx. I mean, it would just, it would just be hopeless because the, right. the people in New York would not tolerate it, and the politicians there would not pander to it. They just wouldn't accept it. Right. Now, the Cuban people down here, they look upon Mr. Reagan as God. I remember I was visiting New York at the time when Reagan was running for the first time. He was speaking to the people in Fort Apache in the Bronx. And he told them, if you vote for me, I could do something for you in this area. So they voted for him. I went up there recently. The place is still exactly the same as it was almost uh, seven years ago when he was running for president the first time. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't do a damn thing for them. He will not do anything for the people down here either. Now, uh, I would like to change the subject for a moment, speak about Mr. Pereira. If you or I bought stolen goods, we'd be put in prison. But because the people down here, they think he's a god, he gets away with it. Why should he get away with it? I also would like to say, last year, uh, the people in Sunny Isles, there are a lot of senior citizens up here who need the buses to get them up to Hallandale because many of them see their doctors up there. All of a sudden, one day there's a headline in the Miami Herald, senior citizens to get back their bus. It wasn't the senior citizens from Hallandale, but it was the senior citizens in Little Havana. The 60 people. There are 19,000 in Sunny Isles, but he was able to get the buses back. The uh, issue was on a Saturday. Monday, they got their buses back. We had to wait almost six months before we were able to get back the D-bus to take us up to Hallandale. And we had to do that by way of uh, having a deal with some of the commissioners, either they would get us back the bus or we would not vote for them. And one of them is, uh, is uh, on the list that you're talking about. I'm talking about Barry Schreiber. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Right. Yeah, a real moron. Well, now, uh, I'm going to call his office. Uh, what is his number? Barry Schreiber? Yes. 375-5160. And uh, in regards to this bilingual, uh, if it wasn't for English, I don't think Valdez would be where he is right now. Yeah, well, listen, if he ever learns to speak it, then we'll all be in trouble. 23 after 1 at WINZ. We have an open line in date, 624-94. Okay, Dracula strikes again. It's 126 at WINZ. We'll go to Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes. Rogers. Yes, sir. No, like you were speaking yesterday about... Uh, some parts of this town, people being brain dead and everything. Well, we need somebody like you. You know, people just not caring. We need somebody like you to, you know, put the ball rolling, I guess, get people involved. Get people well, I've been trying for 11 and a half years with very, saying, very I, little success. Very little success. Yesterday, the, about, you know, people being aware of the drugs and et cetera, and who yeah. is it and who is and I guess the people that are aware of it, knowing the people are selling it and everything, the reason that most of them ain't doing nothing about it is because they're probably using them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just wanted to say that we need someone like you to get us going because I've been living here since I was five in 1959, and you know, I've seen it come and go, and I see it going. <laughs> yeah, it's going fast. Well, I just wanted to say thank you. Okay, thank you for calling, and thanks for your interest. And it's going fast, and this is uh, this could be your last gasp, folks. This could be, you know, you know those ridiculous bumper stickers, and I, I uh, find them really stupid. Will the last American leaving Miami please bring the flag? You know, in fact, the uh, New York Times article makes reference to those. Um, th this is just about the end of the road. Your last chance. As I said earlier in the show, it's like they kind of drew the 
line in the dirt, you know, and like step over the line and that's the end. And either you're going to make some real noise now and scream and yell like crazy and say, hey, we're still a part of the United States and not everybody's going to go fleeing and we're, we're not interested in, you know, what, what percentage of the county is this and what percentage is that. We're still part of the United States, period. Either you're going to say that or you're just going to give up. You're just going to throw in the towel and run away and let George Valdez and a bunch of Cretans, uh, you know, decide the future of two and a half million people. Or at least what is a little over two million people. Probably, in, you know, in ten years it will be one and a half million. Everybody will be jammed into Broward and Palm Beach County. Won't be able to move in Broward and Palm Beach. Miami Beach, hello. Yes. Uh, yes, Neil? Yeah. Uh, I'm very glad to talk to you today because I came from Europe and I feel I can talk on behalf of many ethnic groups. Because uh, I, as a matter of fact, I'm surprised that uh, we have to talk about this at all. I know, it's depressing. Oh, I tell you. Real depressing. When I apply for citizenship... I have to pass the test in English. Mm -hmm. uh, all the other ethnic groups, they have to make tests in English. And what about uh, Hispanics? Don't they have to pass tests in English? No. No. No, they take their driver's license test in Spanish. That's, that's uh, they, outrageous. They stand in the orange bowl without knowing one word of English, and they raise their hand. The vice president swears them in and says, poof, you're a citizen. And all of a sudden, they become American citizens. You see, uh, they should not be citizens unless they pass a test in English. Yeah. That's number one. Well, see, another the, thing the real litmus test now, though, is if you're a good, obedient, right-wing Republican, then you can be a citizen, like, There's immediately. To do with the, with Snap the, of the finger. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, with this administration, it does. Okay. Now, another thing, uh, uh, they talk about interpreters. Uh, what about other minorities? Uh, if, uh, if they need interpreter, they get their own interpreter. It's no problem. And for Spanish, they have more than enough interpreters who can speak English. Yeah. It's no problem. But they, this is what they call, they call racist. And they say uh, that, was, that remark was racist on his part. Mm hmm I was very much incensed when he, when he called to the others who opposed the uh, anti-bilingualism, they called them racist uh, yesterday. Okay, so, uh, so my, my opinion is there should be no question they should pass tests in English for citizenship and we should, uh, Spanish should be in the same line as all other languages, not with a preferential treatment. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Miami, hello. Yes. Yes, I'm an English teacher. Right. I might be able to give you a little different perspective on this problem. Um, I teach remedial students in English, and most of those students are Hispanic. Mm -hmm. And they come from Hispanic families where their parents don't speak English or speak very little English. They get the Miami Herald in Spanish. Great. Uh, they've gone through the whole, the whole rigmarole. Right now we have Spanish GEDs. We have Spanish high school diplomas. We have bilingual everything, and now the school board is moving towards uh, making Spanish mandatory. Yeah, that's what somebody earlier said, and if that happens, good luck to us all. Right. Well, I'd just like to say there's two things, and the Hispanic community ought to be interested in this also. The Hispanic community is also a big loser if we continue to make bilingualism, uh, if, we tend to, if we continue to make Spanish on an equal level with English, because they're limiting themselves to South Florida. And statistics also show that people who know just one language, especially Spanish, are not as employable, they don't do as well economically, and of course they're limiting themselves geographically. Also, um, we have to talk about the blacks, the minorities in this community who don't know Spanish mm -hmm. and who... And who aren't going to learn it. Who, who, no, and I don't think they should suddenly have to learn this. Exactly. And I think it's, it's very arrogant to say, well, we're in the majority now, or 
we've done a lot of good things here financially, so you should learn Spanish. And uh, also there's statistics that show that the Hispanic, uh, the Hispanic businesses in South Florida are very, uh, they're not very good at affirmative action. They don't tend to hire blacks. Well, what, what an understatement that is. <laughs> yeah. Blacks, of course, just like a lot of Anglos, don't know Spanish, and so uh, they're less likely to be hired. And that's, you know, that's the problem. A lot of times I think the, the English-only people are characterized as rednecks or, you know, part of the KKK. Yeah, racists. I, you know, I'm for the anti-bilingual movement because I teach Hispanics and also I see the discrimination against people who don't speak Spanish and who don't feel that they should have to learn it. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. Okay, on my screen it says the next caller is George Valdez. Can this be for real? Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. How are you? Okay, I'm well. Uh, it's nice to hear from you. Um, I was uh, informed that you were having the talk show uh, this morning and that you were having a good writing, and I want you to congratulate you for it. Uh, let me take this uh, opportunity. Uh, well, you're familiar with my show, George, because you were on my show a couple of times some years back on another radio station, and I had very high ratings then, and a lot of people heard you when you were on my station one night make the pledge. I got you on record. If you to, invite me... Uh, uh, no, no, wait a minute, George. If you'll let me finish... radio uh, if, one more time or two times. If you will let me finish my sentence, George, I'd like to just remind you that you promised me and my audience about four years ago that you would not do any more. That was after, after those minor alterations were agreed upon in the anti-bilingual ordinance. You pledged that you would never attempt to repeal the ordinance, that you wouldn't mess with it, you wouldn't bring it up again, that it would be divisive, it would be counterproductive, the people had spoken. And I would like to know, I'd, I think the public would like to know, just what is it that's happened suddenly now that causes you to bring this up again so we can open all the old wounds again? I and why have you decided to go back on your word to the public? I must tell you, you that you are absolutely correct. That those were my statements at that time. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I have brought this back is because since 19... already have passed eight years, I think that the community... I think seven, George. Well, yeah. we're going to the seven, is right. Uh, I think that the community has settled... And the reason for this referendum, as you know as well as I do, was because of the Mariel refugees, which I agree that through Mariel uh, came a percentage uh, of people that were insane and people that were taken out of Cuban jails uh, by Fidel Castro, and because of that uh, increased uh, the amount of crime in our community. Uh, most of those people are right now in jail or either in the process uh, of the court. Uh, I think that the remaining of the anti-bilingual ordinance, uh, we said that uh, that we are an anti-bilingual county, uh, hurt not only uh, the feeling of a large uh, segment of this community, but also hurt the image 
uh, of Bay County. Oh, my God. How in heaven's name can you be sitting on that other end of this telephone telling me that the anti-bilingual ordinance has hurt the image of Dade County? It's the kind of divisive politics that you specialize in that hurts the image of Dade County. It's the crime. It's the reality. It's the drugs. It's the violence. It, it's all of these real things that are going on out there that you and your fellow commissioners ought to be addressing. These, these are the things that have hurt the image of Dade County, not the anti-bilingual ordinance. And I'll let you finish, George, but I want to point out I want to, I want to point out one other thing to you. There are far more Hispanics living in Los Angeles County, California, and in New York City, and in El Paso, Texas, than will ever live in Dade County, Florida. And none of those places, and no other city, and no other county, and no other municipality anywhere in the United States of America is officially bilingual. None. Nada. Zero. Well, and the feelings of those people aren't hurt because the folks in those communities haven't said we are officially bilingual. They still manage to function without having their feathers wounded every day. Neil, will you let me finish, please? I'm listening. Oh, good. Thank you very much. Uh, what I was saying about the image uh, of the city of Miami, Dade County, is the international image that everybody sees us an anti-bilingual city. In my opinion, there's no need for that. Uh, I would like to have a city. We, you see, the problem is the people in this community don't care about your opinion. The people have spoken. Sixty oh, percent of the people said they did not want this to be a bilingual county. And you know as well as I do, there is nobody in Latin America who doesn't come here because they think we have a shortage of people who can communicate in Spanish. That's, that's ludicrous. Please, I would like very much you e let me finish, please? Even, even the head of salad, Mr. Soto, said this community cannot afford any more problems, any more divisions, any more polarization. This is nothing but political expediency. Even Mr. Soto has said that, who is from one of the most militant Hispanic organizations in our community. So who are you speaking for? No, uh, who are you, George, who are you speaking uh, for? Uh, why don't you uh, invite me in the future to uh, spend... Uh, a reasonable amount of time in your program. No, I, I still want you to answer my first question, I, though. I, I, well, why have you lied to the public? You admitted, you admitted that on my program you agreed not to do something. There's no such thing as saying I'm never going to do it again. Uh, and Neil, then all, all of a sudden you decide talk. what's There's best for the community. There's no reason for me uh, to be in your program at the present time. But you don't want, you don't want to answer my question. Send me the courtesy. But you don't want to answer my question. I, I, I was going to answer your question but you do not let me finish, so uh, please invite me, if you want, uh, for a radio program, uh, like next week sometime. Uh, it would be my pleasure to be there. I'd be delighted to have you here. All right, sir. In fact, uh, if... So thank you very much. Well, wait a minute. If you hold on right now... I will what... call you another time. Thank What's you it? very much. Well, what do you mean, wait a minute? What do you mean you'll call me another time? If you really want to be on, why don't you hold on? Uh, Neil, you do not... No, you don't want to be on because you're a liar be and on, you're a divider you and you're a political panderer and you're a disgrace to our community, Mr. Valdez, and I don't want you on the program, so get lost. You're a disgrace. You're disgusting. And don't sit here and ask me why I don't invite you on the program, and then when I ask you to put, put you on hold so I can go get our producer and have him arrange it, oh, well, you call me another time. You're lying again, Mr. Valdez, because that's what you specialize in is lying and dividing. And we don't give a damn what you think, whether you think that the rest of the world has this image or that image, because you're not qualified to make decisions for the future of Dade County and two million other people. 
You're not qualified to make decisions for yourself. I'm not sure who decides what kind of underwear you put on in the morning when you get up. Because you don't want to come into the real world. And all of this crap about, oh, the rest of the world uh, looks at us as anti-bilingual. What a lot, what a poor, lame, stupid excuse that is, Mr. Valdez. Pathetic. Doesn't want to answer any of our questions and doesn't want to address how the, he himself is quoted in the newspaper this morning as saying that he didn't want this to go to referendum. He, this was the excuse he gave last time. He wanted the commission just to arbitrarily rescind the will of the public. And, and overturn the anti-bilingual ordinance because at the time he said that a referendum would tear the community apart. And yesterday he sits down and right at the beginning of the commission meeting he's going along with the referendum because that's the only way he can get his will. And the real reason is because now seven years later he knows the population, the percentages have changed and he feels he can get enough uh, Hispanics whipped up into a frenzy out there to come out to vote next March to overturn the will of the public. We need this, Mr. Valdez, like we need hemorrhoids. We need you like we need hemorrhoids. You're a disgrace. And though I don't want you on this program, because all you would do is lie again. Why should I bring back somebody who just admitted right on our air that he's lied to the public? He admits that he made that commitment on my program four years ago. He admits it. Or three years ago, whenever it was. He lied to the public. And as far as I'm concerned on an issue that is as emotional and divisive in this community, when a public figure lies to the public, he ought to be removed from office. And, Mr. Valdez, you ought to be recalled tomorrow if we could do it that quickly. And if there's anybody in this audience who would like to begin a recall campaign against Mr. Valdez and or any of the other commissioners in the Metro Commission, I'd be delighted to be a participant in that effort. And you can count upon this program as a major catalyst in that effort, because I'm sick of this crap. Here we have it. This is just like during Marielle, man. We've got all of these incredible problems. Oh, Neil, we like to talk about the good things that are happening in Dade County. And this is sitting down there in South Miami, where, like, within a half a mile, we got cars out there on Dixie Highway with bodies in them and with Coke dealers shooting each other out at Dayland, as they were back then. Oh, we like to talk about the good things happening in Dade County. And you morons out there keep putting these people back into office. The Harvey Rubens and the Barry Schreibers and the Steve Clarks and the George Valdez. And you've got to take a big part of the blame for it because you're disgraceful by your actions of putting these jackasses back in office and rewarding them for raping the public and destroying this beautiful community. Shame on you. And if George Valdez ran for dog catcher next time and got more than two votes, somebody ought to be, somebody ought to be taken in, in prison for doing it because it's criminal to vote for people like this. Oh, the international community. Bah, bah, bah. We've got more international banks and more drug money and more international business. We've got, you know, you, we've we got enough people here who can speak Spanish for the rest of mankind, okay? But he didn't want to address any of my questions, including why did he lie? Why is it that those communities that have much, much larger numbers of Hispanics seem to function without declaring themselves bilingual? Oh, all these feelings that are being hurt. You're hurting a lot of our feelings, you see. You don't care about that. You're hurting a lot of our feelings. Because what you're saying to us is we don't really live in the United States. We live in some kind of goddamn banana republic where people like you can make all kinds of arbitrary decisions on what language we speak. 
And we don't buy it, Mr. Valdez. Go to night school and take a few courses. Learn to speak English. Learn to become an American. Learn, take some civics courses. Learn what the American system of government is all about. How we've had to suffer in this community with people like Joe Carroyo and Mr. Demetrio Perez and George Valdez, on and on down the line, all of these right-wing fascist-minded lunatics. And all the rest of us who live, not just in Dade, but in all of South Florida, have had to suffer from the fallout. Because economically, unfortunately, you can't just cut Miami off the map or Dade County even off the map and separate it from the rest of South Florida because the world doesn't look at us that way. As the article in the New York Times should very well point out, there isn't any discussion about anything except Miami, 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 and all the rest of us who live in about a 50 or 80 mile radius, man, we suffer from the lunacy that goes on in Miami and in Dade County. It's 16 till 2 at WINZ. We'll come right back. With all the congressional hearings going on, Lombards felt it was time for you to know the truth about sporting goods. No matter what anyone says, Lombards guarantees the lowest price. Lombards! I sit here after that call, the more the steam comes out of my ears. Feelings are being hurt. Well, I got news for you, Mr. Valdez, you jackass. There are a lot of people out there who aren't still alive, who don't have any feelings anymore because they're six feet under. Because people like you and people at the Miami Herald and the Spanish-language radio stations and Jimmy Carter decided it would be a great idea to make Fidel Castro the head of the natural, uh, Immigration and Naturalization Service for a little while. That was just a brilliant idea so that we could send all of the boats and whip the public up into a frenzy and turn this community into a toilet. And that's what you and your friends have helped to do in these last seven years, Mr. Valdez. And you know something? It hurts my feelings. And it hurts the feelings of the people whose loved ones aren't here to speak for themselves. It hurts the feelings of the people on South Beach who have been mugged and whose lives have been destroyed by the swill that you and your friends helped to bring in here via Fidel Castro, your good friend. Isn't it interesting how Fidel is our, is our enemy and Fidel is the monster, but when Fidel decides that he's going to empty out his prisons and his insane asylums, that we have all of these people in Dade County who want to be willing co-conspirators to go down there. Oh, so we get our relatives. Who cares if we destroy the community in the process and bring in all this swill that Fidel is going to send here along with them? So you see, Mr. Valdez, it hurts the feelings of a lot of people whose businesses have been destroyed, whose lives have been destroyed. It hurts the feelings of a lot of people who lived here long before you ever got off the boat that this community has been turned into a cesspool. And you've got the gall to call up on this radio station again so that you can lie to the public again. Don't ever call this program again because I won't put you on the air. Because you're a goddamn liar. You're a disgrace. You're an embarrassment. And Governor Graham, Senator Graham, ought to come back to this community and apologize to the people of Dade County. And, of course, he's, he owes us apologies for a lot of things. And one of them ought to be for appointing you, a dummy, a Neanderthal like you, to sit as one of nine members of the most important political organization in Dade County. Shame on him. It hurts our feelings. Pembroke Pines, hello. Hello. Yes. Neil. Yeah. I love this. This is great. 
I can't believe it. I'm on the phone. I'm listening. How do, how do you like that douchebag calling in here and then pretending that he wants to right. come on this show? Listen to the accent, okay? Yeah. And that's basically, that says it all. And what I heard, because I, I hear it through the phone about five seconds before the radio. Yeah. And I'm listening to this, and he's not saying the people, nothing. It's I. Yeah. And that's basically why this is coming up again. Yeah, that's right. I just, uh... Um, I, asked, I asked him. That was another question he wouldn't answer. Who are all of these people who are so upset and who are so wounded and whose feelings are being hurt, and he can't tell us anybody? Oh, they'd prep him. If, go, if he was to come on your show, he'd be prepped and this and that. No, what he would do is just like the last times he came on my show, he'd bring his wife yeah. and, his, and his children, and he would sit them in the studio, and he'd look at me with that puppy dog look like, you're not going to really attack me in front of my family. I'm not making that up. That's what he does. That's his tactic. Neil, i got to thank you. This is great. I can't believe it. I've just been a part of this. I mean, I'm listening. I just, you know what? This is not going to, it makes me mad because this is like um, 60 Minutes. Yeah. Or uh, Phil Donahue. Well, this is the real world when you live in South Florida. I, I know, and you hear all this stuff, but yet what? What are we going to do? That you make you got me all pissed off now, and I want to. <laughs> you know, but what can we do? Well, I, what you can do is you can take down the numbers I'm giving you. I did. Out. I did, and I called in, and Good. I'm on the list. Uh, Good. She said the secretary, of course, because um, Beverly Phillips wasn't in. Oh yeah, she's she's eating. You know, she, she eats from <laughs> and, like yeah, uh, eight in the morning till midnight. Uh, Ten thirty, and. Uh, she said, well, we're writing a list, so give me your name. You know, and I'm thinking, well, what does that mean? But, hey, I don't care. I'm not afraid. I exactly. Gave, you know, and uh, I just... And not, not only that, you can give her any name anyway. How does she know? Yeah, but still, I wish I could give my name ten times over if it could do anything. Because what you're, what you're talking about and this bilingual issue is really the tip of an iceberg. And, and it's interesting, isn't it, that two of the commissioners, we had Mr. Reuven earlier, who has gone on record, although, you know, how much does that mean? We've got it on the logger tape. He's gone on record that he is against putting this on a ballot. I was listening. That, okay. Definitely. And now we have Mr. Valdez, who has also admitted that I'm telling the truth when I said that he came on my show three Absolutely. or four years ago and that he vowed not to do this. So, you know, I'm not telling anything that isn't the truth. Mr. Valdez, in essence, has admitted that he's a damn liar. Oh, God. You know, but this is great. It really is. I just wish that... This program could be put on TV or something on the 6 o'clock news. Yeah. What you just did, you made George look like an asshole. Well, that's exactly... Well, he's looking natural. <laughs> what I you wish see you is what a you song. Get. I mean, it was... Oh, my God. It is okay. true. Thank You're correct. You know what, Neil? I, bet to, I know this is going to blow me out of the water probably, but because of this today, I'm going to forgive you what you said about the Boston Celtics and Larry Bird. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh-oh. Just... No, please don't do it. I'm... No, no. You're going to like this. Hold on a minute. I was going to, you know, and this stuff got to me today because I was thinking about it all night last night. So I kind of let go a lot of stuff that I was going to play today, although we did play some pretty interesting stuff this morning. But I have a thing here somewhere, and if I can find what Major did with it, it says Larry Bird on the card. If I can just find it, you're going to love it. I'm listening. I can't wait. I was going to make just a little bit of peace with all the Celtic fans by playing this. And, of course, Major, I gave it to him, and he puts it in his rack, and the chances of finding it now on a scale of a million are uh, almost impossible. Well, I'm... you know, I agree with just about everything you say, but when you got on the phone about Boston, I got mad at you, and I said, oh, I don't like getting mad at Neil. But... Oh, here it is. Okay, wait a minute. Go to the radio, and this is our uh, making peace with all the Celtic fans. <laughs> Okay? Okay, thank okay. you, Neil. You bet. A well a bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. A well a bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. A Larry bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. A Larry bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. 
sounded like Johnny Most, didn't it? Okay, uh, well, let me give these numbers out again, okay, in closing today. And, Mr. Valdez, I got news for you. This is just the beginning. This is only the tip of the iceberg. We've only begun to let you know how we feel about you and your mung brain crew down there, okay? I mean, when are the people in this community, I've been asking this for 11 and a half long years, when are you going to, if nothing else, at least get mad, okay? At least get mad. Get mad enough to take a pencil and write down these numbers and to make a phone call. Make 500 phone calls. I don't care how many times you call them. Give 500 different names. If you don't have a good imagination, just get the phone book out and make up the name and get the names out of the directory. You know, I'm Jesus Alvarez. You know, whatever name turns you on. Steve Clark, the illustrious mayor, Mr. In the Closet, 375 5305. Like I said, call him early in the day before he gets sauced. Barry Schreiber, Mr. Douchebag, 375-5160. George Valdez, whose name has become one of the seven words, I think. I don't I think his name is actionable by the FCC now. 375-5115. Barbara Carey, she be uh, the token on the commission. 375-52 05. Sherman Wynn, 375 5128. We left Harvey Rubin off because we've already got Harvey on uh, record. Jim Redford, 375 5121. Beverly Phillips, who is busy eating now, 375 5117. And Clara Osterley, the great witch of the Metro Rail, 375 5121. Two, three. Tell you, you that you are absolutely correct. That those were my statement at that time. There you've got it. We've got you on tape, Jorge. You're a liar. You admitted it on this show today. <coughs> now, tomorrow we have Arthur Lyman and Mr. Neils are going to be here to question some of the Metro commissioners. And it's not going to be, you know, the kind of uh, pussyfooting around that I did with them today. It's going to be the real heavy stuff. So, George, in closing, we have one thing to say to you. Hasta luego. And the recall campaign begins now. Trust me. And as I said at the beginning of the program, whether it's George Schulte with his old mothball-ridden suit or Emmy Schaefer, I don't care who it is at this stage of the game. We'll join forces with anybody and everybody who's got the guts to say adios to these idiots. That's going to do it. Stan Major, is, uh, did you hear the Nympho thing I played for you earlier? No, I, uh, hear I'm, it. I'm sorry. I'll, okay, I'll sure. you'll love that. In I'm fact, you can take that, that to Bennigan's with you. <laughs> uh, that could do it for that young brooder. Yeah, George just called, by the way. Did he?
Yeah, he didn't know who to talk to, so uh, we ought to tell him that the name is Gary Lawrence. Good. Okay. Okay, speak to Gary. En Espanol. Mike Wolf with the headlines, CBS with the news, the Stan Major show from 2 to 6, and we'll see you tomorrow. We're going to be doing our show in uh, Danish tomorrow at 10 o'clock.